Washington Vikings were less than two minutes away from going to 3-0 to start the 2019 football season. But alas, a bad snap on a punt led to a Sycamore scoop and score and an extra point that tied things at 13-all. Then some poor clock management allowed Sycamore time enough to get down the field and kick a game-winning field goal as time expired to win 16-13. And it doesn't get any easier for night tonight for Princeton to bounce back as they take on the perennial powerhouse in the Greater Miami Conference, the Cole Rain Cardinals. Good evening, everybody, from Pat Mancuso Field in Viking Stadium. I'm Richard Skinner with producer-engineer Zach Waddell. And we welcome you into ESPN's ESP Media's coverage of Princeton Vikings football. Cole Rain rolls in tonight with a record of two wins and one loss overall. That loss coming out of conference as they lost to St. Xavier 2-1. They won their Greater Miami Conference opener last week over Oak Hills 45-14. That was victory number 76 in a row in the Greater Miami Conference for Cole Rain. The last time they lost came on October the 3rd, 2008 against Middletown when the Middies got them 42-39. And oh, by the way, before that loss, Coleraine ripped off 61 in a row, so they've won 137 of their last 138 Greater Miami Conference games. As always, Coleraine is a ground-dominated football team. Doesn't matter who the coach is. It was Kerry Combs who ran the option, then Tom Bolden, and now first-year head coach Sean Cutright is staying with that option system, which is a fullback, quarterback-dominated offense, and the fullbacks and quarterbacks on this team have amassed the most yardage combined rushing. MJ Flowers, Hamza Abdul-Wahid, the two fullbacks have combined for 357 yards on the ground. And Freddie Johnson and Tyler Braithwaite, the two quarterbacks, have combined for 94. So they've got about two-thirds of the run, 680 rushing yards per game that Coleraine has gotten. Obviously, it's a team that's had success on the ground as well, averaging 227.3 yards per game on the season and 6.3 yards per carry. For Princeton, they've had a hard time getting their offense on track completely as they've alternated quarterbacks between MJ Horton and Dorian Durham. Horton has used his legs to lead this Princeton team in rushing with 307 yards on the season, while Durham's been the better passer, completing 12 of 17 throws for 209 yards and two touchdowns. Horton is just seven of 29 for 80 yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions. It's been the Princeton defense though that stood out so far in the first three games. The defense has allowed just two touchdowns all season long. One coming after a gift pass interference penalty in the end zone in the opener against Milford. Then after a shutout over Withrow, Sycamore scored one offensive touchdown in the special teams touchdown in the win last week. The 16-13 decision that Sycamore got over Princeton. So Princeton comes in tonight 2-1 overall, 0-1 in the GMC as it's week two in the Greater Miami Conference. Last week's winners, Fairfield over Middletown 47-7, Lakota West beat Hamilton 33-13, Lakota East beat Mason 20-14, Colerain with that 45-14 win over Oak Hills, and Sycamore with a 16-13 win over Princeton. Tonight around the GMC, in addition to this game, you've got Middletown at Lakota East, Hamilton at Fairfield, Mason at Oak Hills, and what should be a good one, Sycamore at Lakota West. It is a warm night, but not overly too hot. Not a lot of humidity in the air. Feels kind of nice, actually, and I'm sure when the sun completely goes down, it'll become a very refreshing night tonight as we get set for football. Princeton comes out in their all-red uniform tops and bottoms with the gray numerals that are very difficult to pick up off their uniforms, trimmed in a little bit of black. Coleraine in the white uniform tops with the red numerals, trimmed in a little bit of black. And the red uniform pants, of course, for Coleraine, the white helmet with the Cardinal insignia. And for Princeton, it's that red helmet with the Viking insignia on the side. Coleraine won the toss tonight and has deferred. And we are about set for high school football. Coleraine trying to end the Col or, or Princeton trying to end the Coleraine 76-game winning streak in the Greater Miami Conference and get themselves very much back into contention for the GMC title and for a playoff berth. Kicking off for Coleraine, it'll be Cameron Ott. Back deep, Leroy Bowers to the near side and to the far side is D'Angelo Foster. As 
He moves on the football and we are set to go. It's a little pop-up kick towards the far sideline. It's gonna bounce, picked up by Foster at the 13, running laterally in some trouble. And he's gonna be, no, he spins out of one tackle and only gets it up to the 16-yard line. Just a three-yard return. Looked like he was gonna get away for a moment, but that's as far as he can get. Princeton up front will start like this on the offensive front. Quincy Hughes is the right guard. The right tackle, Vincent Munlin. The center, Javon Neal. The left guard, Brandon Williams. A big 6'8", 290-pound Ohio State-bound Paris Johnson is the left tackle. James Price we expect to open at running back. MJ Horton we expect to open at quarterback. And then we'll set the receivers for you here in a second. Princeton going left to right in this first quarter. A little bit of a breeze tonight. If there's is one, they're going into it a tad here. So going left to right as you look at whatever listening device you're listening to this broadcast on tonight. We thank you for being with us. First down plays a pass to the outside, caught by Foster, has some room, trying to get away, gets up to the 20, and he's run out of bounds at the 21-yard line there to force him out. Was actually Deshaun Pace who came up to force him out of bounds after a short gain up to about the 23-yard line, gain of five. So maybe trying to get MJ Horton a little confidence with that first pass play. Off the hash mark to the right, three receivers go left. Burkhalter, Foster, and Jamar Matthews. One wide out to the right, that's John Harris. And Horton's gonna throw another quick screen to the outside, it's dropped. Foster tried to run before he caught it. He had a couple of blockers in front of him, but he drops it. And that'll be third down and long, and that's the last thing you wanna do against this defense. The 3-4 alignment for Colerain. It has, goes this way, LT Johnson to the nose tackle, Donovan Owens, Dante Corleone are the defensive tackles. The outside linebackers, Jalen Thomas, Elijah Ford, inside. Mike Best, the strong side linebacker. The weak side, Xander Kendall. The corners, Devontae Kiner, Sean Williamson. Brandon Sinclair is the free safety. And Deshaun Pace, who made that first tackle of the game, is the strong safety. So third and six for Princeton on the opening drive of the game from their own 22. Horton in the gun. Throws a slant pass and threw it just a hair too high. Went off the left hand of Jamar Matthews, and he was wide, wide open and might still be running with it. And instead, Princeton's going to have to punt the football away with a three and out. And this is where the adventure was last week with some iffy snaps. It's kind of been that way in the punt game all year. And see who drops back to punt. It's going to be Tamir Matthews for the second straight week. Back deep in single safety is Deshaun Pace. And I'm guessing Colerain will probably try to rush the punt as much as possible tonight with the issues that Princeton's had in this kicking game. Long snapping it tonight, Jamel Wimpy. It's a lofty snap back. Matthews gets it, has plenty of time, gets away a very short punt that a fair catch is called for and taken just in Princeton territory, the Vikings 49. So Colerain got exactly what it wanted. It won the toss, deferred, got a three and out, and now they're going to have great field position at their own 49-yard line. Colerain up front goes like this. At left tackle will be Zach Stegmuller. The left guard, Dalen Pearl, Pert, excuse me. Ace Aaron Schwenders, the center. The right guard, Cameron Carnes. The right tackle, Elijah Malik. The quarterback, Freddie Johnson, will likely start. We'll see MJ Flowers, Hamza Abdul-Wahid at fullback. Actually, Abdul-Wahid is, no, it's actually, it's gonna be Flowers. And they'll go with a couple of wingbacks here and one wide. We'll set it for here in a second. So a wingback each way, one wide receiver. The wide receiver out there wide to the right is Isaiah Myers. So right in the middle of the field at the 49 in Princeton territory. Send a man in motion going left to right. Hand off inside to Flowers, the fullback, and he gets a couple of yards, and that's all before he has swallowed. And in football, did it come loose? Princeton seems to think it did. Yeah, there's still a scrum at the bottom of that pile. They're still scrapping for it. Officials trying to unpile them, but three or four officials in there trying to pull people out of the pile. Let's see, does Princeton have the football? Some of the players seem to think they do. They're still fighting at the bottom of the pile for it. And still no signal either way. It's Princeton football. 
And I think Kevin Settles is the guy that came out of there with it for the Vikings. So on the first play from scrimmage for Cole Rain, they fumble it away. And Princeton's going to have great field position at its own 47-yard line. And we haven't even played a minute. Well, Flowers got hit by two defenders, and then it looked like someone, and I'm not sure who exactly, was trying to rip the ball out, and apparently they did a good job of that. And they were able to recover the fumble. So first down, Princeton. They send three receivers to the left. Burkhalter, Matthews, and Foster. Foster the middleman. And out wide right goes Rodney Harris. In the shotgun, no running back next door. He's got actually Price on a wing left. Takes the snap, wants to throw it. Pump fakes it. Now he's going to pull it down and run. Scrambles to the right. Now he's going to sling it down the field. Man is down there in coverage, and it is caught by Harris at the 10. Five touchdown. Rodney Harris just went up and took it away from the cornerback who had great coverage. Devontae Kiner, he literally reached over the top of him, stripped it away, and then righted himself and walked into the end zone for the final 10 yards and a Princeton touchdown. Kiner goes 5-8, Harris goes 6-2, so the six-inch height advantage came into play there, and Harris able to take it away with a spectacular grab for the touchdown. It'll be Michael Everson on to attempt the point after. He's missed one, and it came last week on the season. Dorian Durham will hold. James Price was slow in getting in there. So we haven't played a minute yet. We've had a punt, a fumble, and a touchdown. Snap a little high, and the kick partially blocked, and it goes no good wide left. So the snap a little high, and Everson never had a chance. Is there to get a piece of it with Sean Williamson. But Princeton, off the turnover, has struck quickly. We played 53 seconds in this football game. The score is Princeton 6, Colray nothing. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Getting answers, finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. Welcome back here to Pat Mancuso Field, Viking Stadium, Richard Skinner. And producer engineer Zach Waddell, so 53 seconds in, Princeton takes advantage of the turnover and gets a 53-yard touchdown pass from M.J. Horton to Rodney Harris. That might have been Harris's first catch this season. I'm double-checking it. I believe it was, and it was the very first reception for him all season long. Kicking it off, it'll be Hayden Cobbs. Back deep, Sean Williamson and Jalen Thomas for Colerain. Thomas to the near side and Williamson to the far side standing at the 10 yard line. Cobbs moves on the football, gets away a high, short end over and kick that is going to bounce out of bounds. So the kicking game woes continue. A blocked kickoff or a blocked extra point and now a kickoff that goes out of bounds. Colerain's gonna have good field position to start this drive. It's second of the night, but it had great field position after they forced the punt, but on the first play fumbled it away. Princeton defensive front tonight up front. Joshua Younger along with Todd Harding and, of course, the big guy going to Ohio State, Darian Henry. Jaheim Thomas in there at linebacker to start tonight's game. Iren Love is in there at a linebacking spot. Juan Jarrett back this week playing a linebacker spot. We'll set the rest in a second. There's an actual play another fumble, and Freddie Johnson recovered. He tried to pull it out of the 
fullback's belly on the belly series. And when he did, he may have held on to it too long, the fullback, because the ball squirted out, but Johnson was able to fall on it. Also at linebacker tonight, John Harris. The secondary is Leroy Bowers, Kevin Suttles at the safeties. And the corners to start, Jaden Scarborough and Elijah Eberhardt. So second and we'll call it 12 from the 33. They get Abdul Rahid on a wing right. And on a wing to the left is Shannon Murray. Here's a handoff coming to Abdul Rahid, coming around the outside. He gets across the 35 and not much further. The ball come loose again. No, he still held on to it. So they've got Hamza Abdul Wahid listed as a fullback, but he's played the first three snaps offensively in a wingback spot. He got three yards there, and now third and nine, and this is not an offense that's good in third and nine, so got him where you want him. Myers goes out wide right. And again, double wings. One wing goes in motion starting left to right, then came back. That's Shannon Murray. Murray's on a wing left. Abdul Wahid on a wing right. New fullback in the game here, too. I'll set you for it a second. Third nine. Now Murray goes in motion to the right, dropping to throw Johnson. He's just going to flip one out in the right flat. Caught over there by Murray. Trying to run field. He's not going to go very far. He's going to be slung down at the 40-yard line. John Harris from behind was able to ring him down, and that will be it. As they've got a different fullback in now. Ronald Williams Jr. is the third-strength fullback, so maybe that fumble on the first series by MJ Flowers has cost him a little time on the bench. So three and out here, and... In to punt it away is Lawson Sandusky. Back deep in single safety will be D'Angelo Foster. Sometimes they'll put Bowers back there as well, but Foster back in single safety as they were kind of play a punt safe here in case they opt to fake it on fourth and four, but I doubt they will. Good snap back. Sandusky gets away a low line drive kick that Foster watches go over his head at the 15. At the 10, it's going to roll. He almost touched it, but it's going to roll dead down at the five-yard line. Really nothing Foster could do. That... Might have been misjudged to hair, but that ball was an absolute missile line drive off Sandusky's foot, went over his head. He was unable to catch it, and Princeton's going to have terrible field position back in its own five-yard line. 8.57 to go opening quarter. 6-0 the Princeton lead. Defense has been a staple in the first three games for Princeton. The question was, could they get something out of the offense, and especially if M.J. Horton's going to quarterback the passing game? Well, he threw up a prayer that Rodney Harris helped him answer with a great reception for a 53-yard touchdown. First down, Horton in the gun by himself. They put empty backfield, two receivers left, three to the right, three to the right, Harris, Matthews, and Foster. Burkhalter to the left, and they're just gonna run a straight ahead, off left guard comes Horton, he's buried at the seven yard line. What a great open field tackle coming up. Jalen Thomas dropped him in his tracks at the seven yard line. Look, I think he was gonna pop for some good yardage. Give them three up to the eight. They get second and seven. Again, the same setup it looks like. Same three receivers go right. They put Burkhalter to the left. Actually, they put four receivers to the right this time. Price is lined up as a, the running backs lined up as a fourth receiver. They're just gonna throw it quickly out. The Burkhalter goes way over his head. They opted to let MJ Horton throw the ball around tonight. He had been very accurate on the short balls. And this is a quarterback coming in that leads his team in rushing. He's done some great things with his legs, but has really struggled throwing the ball 7 of 29 for 80 yards on the season. And he's got a couple of passes, not even close tonight. So now third and seven. For Princeton at its own eight-yard line. So if they can't get a first down here, it's going to likely be a really good field position for Colerain again. Three receivers right, two go left. 
empty backfield, looking at a three-man front. They blitz a fourth. Horton dropping to throw. Now he's in some trouble, trying to get out of the end zone. Breaks away from one tackle and barely gets out to the two-yard line. There to finally finish him off for Colerain was LT Johnson, the nose tackle. But it was his teammates that forced the pressure, and Johnson just cleaned it up. And now Prince is going to have to punt with the feet of the punter at the back of the line of the end zone. Not, a, not an ideal situation, especially when you have a hard time with the snaps. You can rest assured Colerain comes after this one. Again, Jamel Wimpy is long snapping tonight. Didn't do so last week, and it'll be Tamir Matthews standing on the back of the end zone. He's got to be careful not to take a step backwards and step out of the end zone with the ball. The punt returner, Deshaun Pace, is standing at the 35-yard line of Princeton. They're going to put everybody tight here on the snap. The snap and the punt are the key. Here it is. It's a good snap, and he gets the punt away. Nice job. It's going to be returnable. Pace from the 34. Sidesteps himself, now cuts back out to the right inside the 30 to the 25, slips and falls at the 23, and then slips out of bounds right there. So superb field position for Colerain to try to answer that Princeton touchdown with still 8.17 to go in the first quarter. A lot of passing by Princeton, a lot more than what we thought for sure. They have not tried a running play other than the quarterback, Horton on a, on a design run, and then a couple of scrambles. See if this defense, which has been so superb this season, and so far tonight forcing a fumble and then a three and out. Now you could use a three and out right here. Or a four and out maybe. Murray on a wing left. Abdul Rahid on a wing right. Hopkins back in there at the fullback spot. They send Rahid in motion to the left. It's an option play coming left and buried for a loss on the backfield. He tried to pitch it, but Darian Henry wrapped up the quarterback, Freddie Johnson, before he could pitch the ball away. He said Hopkins Flowers, excuse me, the fullback in there. So Flowers back in after he fumbled on the first play. That's a loss back to the 27 for a loss of four. Play clock, still plenty of time on it. Colerain's not broken the huddle yet, down to 20. Now they finally do. They send Isaiah Myers wide right. That's the short side of the field. Abdul Wahid on a wing right, although he's inside the tackle. The tackle's further outside of him in the split. Now Abdul Wahid comes in motion, coming left. They run the scissors back inside. In some trouble back there, dodging one tackle, dodging another. Penalty marker flies. Here it goes up to the end zone, all the way down to the two, down to the one. It might have gotten in was Murray. He made a great run, but I think it's coming back. This is going to be a hole. It's in the area of offensive holding. This has been Princeton's bugaboo offensively, but it looks like it's going to bite Colerain right here. It's a great run by Shannon Murray to break a couple of tackles, and it is going to be holding against Colerain. So instead of six points and a touchdown, oh, it's a chop block, excuse me. But still a big penalty is going to back him up. Instead of six points, they're going to face a second and a whole lot. Penalty mark from the 27-yard lines where they threw the flag. And they'll back them up all the way to the 42-yard line with a 15-yard mark off. And they now got to get to the 13 for a first down, so it'll be second and 29. And this option offense not really designed for this. So another chance here for Princeton to make a stand. They've got Lawson Sandusky in the game as a receiver. And Brian Beavers in there as a tight end. Myers and Sandu Myers is just going to go wide left. They actually put Sandusky in there as an eye back as they line up in the eye formation this time. And now a timeout going to be taken by Cole Rain. They were only down to two on the play clock. About to take a delay a game. And 
Boy, Princeton off to the start it probably wanted. Hasn't done a whole lot offensively other than the big play, but that big play came after they forced the fumble. Princeton didn't recover it. A 53-yard touchdown pass from MJ Horton to Rodney Harris, who just went up and plucked the ball off the top of cornerback Devontae Kiner. And so far, Colerain, now with its third possession, has fumbled on the first possession on a play, had a three and out and had to punt. And we resume action here in a second. Going to be faced with second and 29 at the Princeton 42-yard line. Again, this drive after the punt by Princeton from its own end zone started at the Vikings 23-yard line. That time they showed a new formation. It's been single back with wings on each side. That time they came out in the eye with Sandusky in the eye. See if they stay with the same formation. Sandusky looks like he's going to stay in the game. Although he's going to go to receiver now. He and Myers come out wide left. Ball in the middle of the field. Abdul Wahid on a wing right. And Flowers the lone setback. As Johnson under center. Looks at a five-man front. Turns. Hands it inside. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. As they stuff the fullback. MJ Flowers right at the line of scrimmage for no gain. Princeton defensive front. We've seen them dominate at times this season. And so far in a handful of plays they've been in on. They have answered the call. So no game. Make it third and 29 for Cole Rain at the Princeton 42. Play clock, guys. Actually not running for some reason. I'm not sure why. Now it's reset to 40. They've got all kinds of issues here, but nonetheless... It's third and 29, I formation. Abdul Rahid is going to go behind Flowers. Now Flowers goes in motion, moving left. Just a toss sweep to Abdul Rahid, running left. Runs it inside the 40, and is going to be tackled down at the 35-yard line. As coming across to make the stop was Leroy Bowers, who's had a great start to this season. And Colerain looks like going to try to punt Princeton down in there as they got to the 34. It'll be fourth and 21 from there. Let's see what... Are they going to punt this? Yeah, Sandusky's in there to punt it away. And back deep in single safety will be Bowers this time. It was Foster the last time. They clock down to 15. Lines down, waiting for the snap back, trying to punt, pooch punt this one down in there. Sandusky angles it to the right sideline. It's going to go backwards and out of bounds at the 24-yard line. So just uh, about a 13-yard punt is all that netted right there. Sandusky tried to angle it to the sideline, but he angled it too far and then kicked it off the side of his foot. So Princeton doesn't have great field position, but it's got good enough field position. Vikings will start at their own. They'll mark it at the 22 officially with 6.01 to go here in the opening quarter. And Princeton on top of Colerain, 6 to nothing. Colerain riding a 76-game, 11-year Greater Miami Conference winning streak coming into tonight. Off the hash mark to the left, three receivers go right, the open side of the field, two to the left, that empty backfield. Out of the shotgun, this is just a straight run ahead by Horton, and he is plowed and driven backwards. My, oh my, what a hit coming up to make it. Michael Best, the safety man. Or excuse me, the strong side linebacker. Holy cow, he just leveled him. That was just a straight quarterback run off left guard, and Best closed in a hurry. No gain on the play, make it second and 10. So far, trying to empty the backfield out has not done much for this Princeton offense. They've just got the one big play, but it was a big one. The touchdown pass. 
Three receivers right, Price on a wing right, one receiver, Burkhalter to the left. Horton takes the snap, gonna throw a quick slant and short hops the receiver, no good to Burkhalter. Surprised if they're gonna throw the football around this much that it's not Dorian Durham in the game instead of MJ Horton. He is just struggles with accuracy. So it'll be third and 10 for Princeton from the 22 yard line. Again, three receivers right, Price on a wing right, Burkhalter wide left, and I think Colerain might have jumped offside. So instead of third and 10, it'll be third and five coming up for the Princeton Vikings. And now they're going to take out one of the receivers. And that'll be D'Angelo Foster will come out and they'll put Tamir Matthews in there as a tight end. They send Harris wide to the right, the open side of the field. He's out there by himself. This time Price lines up to the right of Horton in the shotgun, and Burkhalter, the only wide receiver to the left, so a tighter formation. They take it, and now penalty markers fly, and this time I think it was Princeton that jumped off sides, or at least illegal procedure. Let's see. And there it is, the illegal procedure. The penalties have been a bugaboo of this Princeton team all season long. And it's little penalties like this. They don't seem big, but a third and five now, thanks to free five yards from Cole Rain, turns back into a third and ten, and they change the personnel package as Matthews comes back out. And Foster comes back in. He lines up wide right in the middle of a three-receiver set. Price also on a wing right. And Burkhalter by himself to the left, the close side of the field. And now Cole Rain jumped right back. So we've had an offsides on Cole Rain, a false start on Princeton, and another offsides on Cole Rain. And so the net of it is, it's Princeton getting five yards back again. This quarter has creepy crawled along. Still 5.09 to go in the quarter, 6-0 the Princeton lead. Again, three receivers to the right, Price on a wing right, Burkhalter by himself to the left. Had a single high safety look in that secondary for Colerain, which looks like it wants to blitz and might have jumped off sides, and they did. They were coming, and coming too early was the outside linebacker, Jalen Thomas. So Colerain gonna get the, Princeton gonna get the free five yards and gonna get a first down, I believe, out of this. They'll take advantage of that aggressiveness. First down for Princeton, it's 0-32. They didn't have to do anything to earn it. Forced three offsides, had a false start of their own, and the net was 10 yards, and that's enough for a first down. Empty backfield again. Three receivers right, Price on a wing right. Horton gonna roll right to throw. On the move, flings it towards the sideline, and it's too far and incomplete. As he tried to hit Jamar Matthews along the sidelines, that's a tough throw for any quarterback to make, let alone one that struggles with accuracy issues, and that wasn't even close. So second and 10, Princeton. Colerain usually a tough team to run the football on. And Princeton seems like it's taking the tact of trying to spread things out and throw it around a little bit tonight. Three receivers wide right, the open side. Two will go to the left. Price in the slot out that way, and Horton in the shotgun by himself. Looks at a four-man front. Takes the snap, just going to straight run it over left guard, nothing. Dropped right in his tracks at the line of scrimmage. Coming up from the outside was Jalen Thomas, and coming up in his face was Xander Kendall. They met at the quarterback, MJ Horton, who picks up only a yard to the 33, and very quickly it'll be third and nine, Princeton. Trip set to the right again. That's the open side with Price on a wing that way. And Burkhalter standing up wide left the short side of the field. Out of the shotgun, Horton looks at a four-man front, claps his hands once, now looks over at the sideline. 
Coleraine likes to walk those outside linebackers up and blitz them at the last second. Occasionally they'll shoot one of those inside guys. They look like they want to come with the outside guys, and they do. Horton throws a quick out to Burke Coulter, makes the catch, and then he's tackled right away, well short of the first down at the 39-yard line. Very nice tackle made by Sean Williams in the corner. He just came up and chopped his legs out from underneath him. Play gains a little bit up to the 39, but it'll be four yards short of a first down, and Princeton's going to have to punt it away. Sean Pace drops back in single safety. Tamir Matthews stands at his own 25, waiting the snap to punt it away. As the sun is setting, it's becoming a very comfortable and pleasant night tonight. And a great crowd on hand for Princeton and Colerain. Now Wimpy to snap it. It's a high snap. Matthews gets it and gets the punt away, but gets away a very short end-over-end -end kick that's going to bounce backwards at the 40 in Colerain territory and down at the 45-yard line with 4.06 to go here in the first quarter. Princeton leading 6 to nothing, and to this point, they've held Colerain without a first down. You, gotta, you had to figure points were going to be at a premium tonight. These are two good defensive teams at times, dominant defensive teams. This may be not as dominant a defensive team for Colerain as it's had in the past where it was impossible to move the ball on. Princeton's defense has given up two touchdowns all season long. So first down, Colerain from the 44. They're going to go in the eye with Flowers, the fullback, and Sandusky, the tailback. Abdul Wahid on a wing right. Now they move the fullback in motion to the left. It's a toss sweep back to Sandusky. Wants to throw the football. He's got a man wide open. Myers down the field. He's got it to 20, 15, 10, 5. Tripped up and goes into the end zone for the touchdown. So a trick play by Colerain on the first play after they get it back and it's Lawson Sandusky to a wide wide open Isaiah Myers for the touchdown and now Colerain an extra point away from going on top as Cameron Ott will come in to try to add the extra point boy they called that the right place right time and sucked up everybody and Sandusky didn't even have to make a great throw but he made a good enough one and Myers able to just get into the end zone for the touchdown Ott trying to put Colerain on top after the Cardinals trailed six to nothing. Snap is a little high. Placement's down. The kick by Ott. The right-handed, so right-footed soccer-style kicker is up and good. And Colerain on the halfback option pass. After getting punched in the face early, has taken the lead. 3.53 to go in the first quarter. The score now, Colerain seven, Princeton six. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, and it's powered by Sidearm Sports. This is Jerry Snodgrass, Executive Director of the Ohio High School Athletic Association. One of my long-standing goals is to help people understand that high school sports are about so much more than wins and losses. The OHSAA promotes education-based athletics, where sports are an extension of the classroom. Our schools all want to win. There's no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, it's all about sportsmanship, leadership, and making certain that academics are a priority. Thank you for your support of high school sports in Ohio. Here at Pat Mancuso Field, Viking Stadium. After Colerain fell behind, Princeton 6-0. They now lead 7-6. Cameron not to kick off. The Leroy Bowers, the deep man on the near side, and D'Angelo Foster, the deep man on the far side. Ott moving on the football. Gets away another short pooch kick towards the sideline. Going to be fielded at the 20-yard line. Trying to run parallel there and going nowhere. And breaking a tackle, though, 
and running it straight ahead to the 22-yard line, Kevin Suttles, and he only got a two-yard return. You're not going to run side-to-side -side against Colerain on really any play, let alone kickoff returns. And it only netted Suttles a couple of yards. And Princeton will start this series at its own. Now they'll mark it to 23, so a three-yard return. 3.44 to go in a slow-moving first quarter. We've had a lot of passing by Princeton, not a lot of completions by Princeton. Now we've seen Colerain only, only first down it's gotten, came on that halfback option pass that resulted in a touchdown. So see if they stay with this spread look or go back to a little bit more, at least a running back with Horton, and that's what they'll do here. As Horton in the shotgun has Price to his side, and actually get a penalty here? I did not see the flag, I did not see the call. The Prince is backing up 10 yards. They must have gotten a holding call. It is holding, or a legal block in the back, excuse me. So Prince is going to start at his own 13-yard line now. Horton in the gun has receiver each way, a wing back to the right, and Price to his left, and he's going to drop to throw it. Throws it to the outside. It's caught. They do the hook and lateral play, and they get it. And it's a little bit of a gain across the 30 to the 31-yard line to Foster after Harris caught it. He flipped it back to him. That's a favorite play of Colerain. So Mike Daniels looking across at Colerain saying, all right, you got a trick play for a touchdown. We've got a trick player too. That's their favorite, the hook and lateral play. Got it for a couple touchdowns last year. Got it for a touchdown back in the first game of the season against Milford. I'm gonna say second and short with the 23, and I mean just inches short here for Princeton. Well, they gave it enough for a first down. So it is a first down. Princeton at its own at 23. Off of the hash mark to the right. They have Burkhalter wide left by himself. They've rolled a safety that way. And Harris to the right with Price to the right of Horton in the shotgun. Takes the snap. Hands it off to Price. Running off left guard. Breaks one tackle as he gets it across the 25 to about the 29-yard line. Solid pickup of about six yards there on a nice run by James Price. And they got a nice little crease off that left guard. See if Princeton settles in now, try to get something going in the running game. This is a Princeton team that is certainly far better at running it than they are throwing it. They've came into tonight averaging 230 yards per game on the ground. Almost exactly, they and Colerain are only a handful of yard apart, yards apart. From the gun, Horton takes the snap, fakes it. He's going to keep it himself off left guard. Has some running room across the 30, 35 to the 37 or so yard line he goes. Before they're to combine on the stop, Brandon Sinclair and Michael Best Jr. But that's going to be enough for another Princeton first down at the Vikings 37-yard line. Get the chance to give the defense, which has played so well other than getting beat on the trick play, a little bit of a blow here. Again, staying with the same formation. Harris wide right, Burkhalter wide left, wing to the left. Here's Horton takes the snap, hands to Price, running left. He's going to break a tackle to 40, and he's going to finally be pulled down at the 44, maybe the 49-yard line. The defender, Deshaun Pace, literally grabbed him by the shoulder pads and kind of flipped him over him as they were going to the ground. Flipped him a little bit forward. That's going to be a gain of about seven, maybe eight, up to the 45-yard line. So a nice job by Price to break the initial tackle. Gain about eight yards. Princeton was slinging it around those first few drives, now settled in trying to run the ball. Harris wide right. That's now the open side of the field. Burke Coulter to the left. They have... Foster on a wing right, and Price to the left of Horton in the gun. Takes the snap, hands it off. Running straight ahead is Price. Skips through some traffic, has the first down to the 50, and got it into Colerain territory before he stacked up at about the 49-yard line. But another good run by James Price. And that's going to be another Princeton first down at the Colerain 49-yard line as we're inside two minutes to go here in the first quarter. 
Princeton struck early, but now trailing at seven to six, but got a nice little drive going together. Best drive by either team by far tonight. Workhalter doesn't even join the huddle. He goes wide left. Ball is in the middle of the field this time. Harris comes to the right. Foster on a wing right with Matthews in there as a tight end as part of this package. Price to the left of Horton in the gun, takes the snap, turns, fakes. He's going to keep it this time. He's not going to get very far, maybe down to the 47 or so yard line, and that's all. They never really tackled. They just kind of grabbed him and stopped his forward progress as LT Johnson, the nose tackle, and also Deontay Corleone, the defensive tackle, there to make the stop as they got off the blocks. Give him a gain of two to the 47. It'll be second and eight for Princeton. Nice little tempo and rhythm going here on this drive to this point. Matthew's going to line up on a wing to the left, see if they send it in motion and maybe try to jet sweep it at some point. Price to the right of Horton in the shotgun, looks at a five-man front, but two linebackers very close. Horton's going to take it, fake it, keep it himself, and breaks off one tackle at the 45. Can he break a second? He cannot. He loses the football as they stripped it away, and I think Colerain's got it. Horton trying to fight for some extra yards, couldn't do so. Corleone stripped him of it, and there to pick up the recovery, actually, Stripping, it was LT Johnson, then Corleone is able to recover the fumble of MJ Horton. It was a good run, he broke one tackle, tried to break a second down at about the 42-yard line, and instead they strip it away. Michael Best may have had something to do with that too. And Princeton turns it over with 48 seconds to go in the opening quarter at the Colerain 42-yard line. To this point, Colerain just won first down, but it came on that halfback option touchdown pass. They're going to go back to the I formation with Flowers as the fullback and Shannon Murray as the tailback. Slot to the right. Lonnie John Freddie Johnson, the quarterback, under center, and then pulls out from under center, looks to the sideline to maybe change things up. Looks at a five-man Princeton front. Back under center he goes. Takes it. Turns. He's just going to keep it himself. Running left. Runs through one tackler and gets it across the 45 to the 46-yard line. L.J. Bowers hits him first. Jaden Scarborough also in there. Coming up from the secondary spot. That wasn't even an option play. He just took the snap and spun to his left and just kept it himself on a quarterback sweep. Second and six from the 46. They leave. Now they're going to put Wahid on a slot left. Murray lined up that way. Now he's going to go to a wing right. And they just have Flowers as the lone running back. Johnson under center. Takes it. Hands it off. Hoskins comes on. Flowers rather comes across the left tackle and takes it down and down across the 50. And into Princeton territory at about the 47-yard line before Bowers is able to get him down, and that's going to be enough for a first down. So MJ Flowers, who lost a fumble early in the game that sparked the touchdown for Princeton. Gets a nice run there. It's first and 10 for Colerain at the Princeton 47, and that might be the last play of the quarter. Myers goes wide right. Abdul Rahid's going to slot right. Murray going to go on a wing left, and it'll be Flowers. They're not even going to go under center. They're going to let the clock run out down to one, and that will do it. So quarter number one comes to an end. Princeton trying to snap a 76-game Colerain Greater Miami Conference winning streak. Got off to a 6-0 lead. On a halfback option pass, though, Colerain came back to take the lead. And as we go to one quarter of play, comes to an end. The score is Colerain 7, Princeton 6. You're listening to Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media. It's powered by Sidearm Sports. 
At Robert Half, we know finding the right employees is a job in itself, and it's a job we love. You see, Robert Half isn't just a staffing firm. We're people. People who believe in finding the right people to fit your company's needs. Because employees who are a good fit are more productive, more engaged. Finding a great candidate isn't easy. But at Robert Half, we know it's possible. Robert Half, the experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Learn more at roberthalf.com slash radio. Welcome back here to Pat Mancuso Field at soon-to-be-changed Viking Stadium. They just made the announcement, something we were told before the game, that it will now be Jake Sweeney Stadium. And they just made the announcement that that's what it will be, but still Pat Mancuso Field at Jake Sweeney sta Stadium. Thanks to my guy Dan Wright, our stats guy, through one quarter of play. Princeton with 105 yards total offense, 53 on the touchdown, and Colerain 78 yards and 58 of theirs, 55 of theirs was on a touchdown. First and 10 to start the second quarter for Colerain, and they hind it off to the fullback, and not much there getting down to the 45-yard line was, I believe, Flowers, and it was. In that first quarter, Colerain had just two first downs. Princeton did have five. Horton in the opening quarter, four of nine passing, 73 yards. James Price, the leading rusher for Princeton, three carries for 20 yards. Second and eight, and they'll go back to the I formation with Murray behind Flowers and Abdul Rahid. Again, listed as a fullback. He's out as a slot receiver to the left inside of Myers. Freddie Johnson under center takes the snap. He's just going to keep it on a run coming right, trying to make a move to the outside. He's not going to get very much, a couple of yards, and that's all. Juan Jarrett and Jaden Scarborough combined to drop him at the 43 for a gain of two. And so third and six for Colerain. And very nice crowd on hand tonight. As we look down, stands on this side for Princeton pretty full. And Colerain filled up late. We were looking across the way. Didn't see a lot of Colerain fans initially, but it's filled up pretty nicely. So a pretty sizable crowd overall. Third and six, out of the eye formation, slot to the left. They're going to throw it out that way to Murray, who makes the catch at the 45. Tries to make a cut, makes one man miss. Can't make a second miss, but he gets it near a first down. John Harris there to clean it up. He got away from Scarborough. As he took it to the 38, it's still short of a first down, but I would assume they're going to go for it here. And they brought an extra lineman in as a blocker, and that's the big guy, the defender, who came up with that fumble recovery moments ago, Dante Corleone. So it'll be fourth and a yard at the Princeton 38. They brought in a lot of beef here. Also, Deshaun Pace has come in. Michael Bess has come in. Let's see where they go with the personnel group here. It's just going to be everybody tight, one running back. Got a lot of beef set off to that left side. The low running back is Flowers. Fourth and one. They hand it to Flowers. Going left. Bounces off one man. Bounces off another. He's in the clear at the 25 to the 20 to the 15 and chopped out of bounds at the 11-yard line. Jaden Scarborough made the stop. They lined up a lot of the beef they brought in. Those defensive players in there to just be blockers. They lined up to the left side of the formation. Made no bones about it. They ran that way. Looked like a Princeton player had a chance to maybe stop Manishi in the backfield, but when he bounced off of him, it wasn't really shedding a tackle. He just bounced off of him. And when he did, there was nothing but daylight as he carries it all the way down to the 11-yard line, and they're going to keep that personnel grouping in here. Nobody wide, everybody tight. Flowers behind Johnson, who's under center. They're way overbalanced to the left. He's just going to keep it running left. Cuts it up inside, gets it inside the 10 to the 8-yard line before John Harris was able to wrap him up. And then Kevin Suttles came up to help from the secondary. 
Darian Henry also in there to make the tackle after a short gain of three. Now they'll change the personnel grouping. As back comes some more of the skilled players as they get the, all that beef out of there. I mean, they had just two players to the right of the center and everybody else but the running back and quarterback lined up to the left of the center. That's where they ran it. Princeton did a good job to stop it. 9.20 to go, clock rolling the first half. Princeton down 7-6. They have Murray on a wing left. Abdul Wahid on a wing right. Nobody wide. So two tight ends, two wing backs. And then Flowers behind Johnson, the quarterback, on second and seven from the Princeton eight. Now Johnson comes up. Quarterback says something to him. Three on the play clock. Johnson takes it, hands it to the fullback. Big hole straight ahead and running inside the two and all the way into the end zone for the touchdown is MJ Flowers. Nothing fancy there. That was fire off the football, and here we come, and they knocked Princeton right in the mouth. In fact, one of the players had a helmet knocked off, I believe. That was Todd Harding, the big defensive tackle. So Princeton, which once led 6 to nothing, now down 13-6 to six with Otto on to attempt the point after. Out of the hole to the backup quarterback, Tyler Prather. That was a pretty impressive drive for Coleraine, which had not done much other than the halfback option pass to that point. Good snap. The hold is down. The kick by Ott is on the way. And it is good. No good. No, he did miss it. Wide to the left. Looked like it was hooking. So Princeton, after having an extra point blocked, gets the gift point back as Coleraine's lead is just a touchdown and an extra point. But Coleraine does have the lead, riding a 76-game Greater Miami Conference winning streak. 8.55 to go in the first half. It's Coleraine 13, Princeton 6. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media. Powered by Sidearm Sports. Co-Pavement Services LLC has been doing commercial asphalt, concrete, and ceiling work since 1962 in the Tri-State area. Our valued customers include Home Depot, United Dairy Farmers, C.B. Richard Ellis, Town Properties, and Fifth Third Bank, to name a few. We strive to provide professional service, communication, and project management for all of your commercial concrete and pavement maintenance needs. Go Abco Pavement Services. Here at Pat Mancuso Field at newly named Jake Sweeney Stadium. Cameron Ott moves on the football to kick it away. Gets away a very high short end over and kick that's going to go out of bounds. Nice job by D'Angelo Foster to track it and watch it go out of bounds, which it did. So Princeton's going to start at its own 35-yard line. Again, down 13-6 now. As the sun is setting and very comfortable evening now. Princeton got a little bit going on that last drive, running the football after pretty much just slinging it around the first couple of series. And let's see who comes out at quarterback, and it's still MJ Horton, it is. He will have Price lined up to the side of him. One wide receiver each way. They got Matthews on a wing right. Gonna make it Foster, here's a fake. Horton gonna keep it, trying to run left, and then slips and falls at the line of scrimmage. He had two people right in his face, both Michael Bess and Dante Corleone were right there. He wasn't going to get much further than he did and slipped and fell to the turf for no gain. Princeton's offense just has been out of sync almost all season long. They have struggled to sustain much. 
Three receivers split right this time. One to the left. Dan Horton going to run an option to the near side. Fakes it, keeps it, and dives forward to the 39. That's about all. Three white-shirted defenders there to combine on the stop. Jalen Thomas, Donovan Owens, and Dante Corleone, who's been very, very active in this game. So a gain of about, we'll call it four to the 39, makes it third and six as we're inside eight minutes to go in the opening half. Coleraine with a 13-6 lead. Harris, Matthews, Foster go to the right, Foster in the middle of it. Burkholzer by himself to the left. That's the short side of the field. They operate on the hash mark to the left. Price to the left of the man in the shotgun, and that's Horton who throws a terrible pass that's not even close and incomplete, trying to hit Burkhalter right at the first down marker. But Horton didn't even come close to that pass. Mike Daniels got a decision to make on, on what he wants out of MJ Horton because his strength is not as a passer. Maybe on occasion, but that was just a simple back shoulder throw that looked like it was open and just wasn't even close. Damir Matthews to punt it away. So far so good on the snaps, they haven't been great. They've been very high and floaty, but they've at least been on target. Matthews has at least gotten the punts away. And back in single safety, Deshaun Pay stands at his own 35 yard line. Play clock down to eight, Princeton not in a hurry here, down to five. They don't even have the line set yet, now they finally do. And the snap is high, Matthews goes back and fields it. And then gets away a very nice high spiraling punt that Pace will catch at the 33 and then he is gonna be snowed under immediately right there. Great job on special teams. First by Matthews to get a nice high punt away, and then great coverage by Leroy Bowers. And also the man who caught the touchdown pass earlier tonight for Princeton, Rodney Harris Jr. And they'll start at the 31-yard line, Colerain will, but just coming off their best drive of the game. Last thing you can have here is have them eat up clock, go down and score again, because don't forget, Colerain deferred, and we'll get the ball to start the second half. Some pressure on this Princeton defense now. They were dominating early, and then the surprise halfback option pass has, has them off kilter a little bit. Wing back each way, Flowers the lone running back, and now a good guy get a false start. No, offsides, excuse me. One of the Princeton players broke the neutral zone. Mike Daniels not happy about it, and the official not happy with Mike. So a five-yard penalty against Princeton makes it first and five. Abdul Heed on a wing right, Murray on a wing left. Again, Flowers behind the quarterback, Freddie Johnson. They don't have anybody wide, so two tight ends, two wing backs, and just the one setback. Johnson under center, waits the snap, turns, hands it to the fullback, breaking through there on a, well, a little bit of a relay. He's going to break away, got up to the 45. Darian Henry, Jaheim Thomas there to combine on the stop. After a gain of about four, though. Make it second and one at the 40-yard line. In same set, wing back each way, two tight ends, one each way, and Flowers behind Johnson, the quarterback, who looks over to the sideline for the play call as they look at the defensive set. Play clock, plenty of time, down to 12, as Johnson now works his way back under center. He sends a motion to Abdul Wahid going left. They hand it off to the fullback coming through Flowers. He's got the first down up to the 45. Not much more than that, but he didn't need much. Still picked up about four yards or so, and that's a first down Colerain to the 45, and they are really starting to establish that fullback. They put Abdul Wahid in motion going right to left. He would have been the trailback if the quarterback opted to pull it on the option. Instead, he left it in the fullback's belly, and they're getting some solid yardage right now with that look. Same setup. Abdul Wahid to the right wing. Murray to the left wing. 
Johnson looks under center and he pulls back out and looks over to the sideline. Coleraine starting to get into a little rhythm offensively, leading it 13-6 after trailing early 6-0. Johnson back under center. Takes the snap, hands it straight ahead. It goes to Flowers. He muscles his way to the 50-yard line. And a little extra pushing and shoving after the play as a Princeton player got knocked down. Todd Harding there to make the tackle for the Vikings, but a gain of five as they're just running it right straight at this Princeton defense, and that's not easy to do. Clock rolls inside, six minutes to go. So this is such an important drive. Again, hey, you don't want to get down multiple scores to Coleraine, but Coleraine scores here. They get the ball to start the second half. So from the 50, it'll be second and five. Same alignment. They're just staying with the same set. Nothing fancy. Now they send Abdul Wahid in motion going left. It's an option that way. Keeping it to quarterback Johnson. Cuts it up and dies forward to the first down marker at the 45-yard line. Around the ankles, Kevin Suttles was able to tackle him, but not before the quarterback, Freddie Johnson, picks up five yards and gets another Coleraine first down at the Princeton 45-yard line. And we got a timeout here. It is. It's an injury to a Coleraine player. One of their offensive linemen is down right now, and he's laying on his back with both hands on his face mask. It doesn't look too good. Let's see who that is. It's Dalen Pert, I believe, the left guard, 5'10, 285 pound senior. As the training staff looking at him at the moment, looking at somewhere around his right ankle, it looks like. He's got both hands inside of his face mask in some anguish. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. 5.30 to go here in the first half. It's first and 10. Coleraine to the Princeton 45, and the Cardinals leading the Vikings 13-6. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Enjoying tonight's broadcast but missed the first 30 minutes? No need to worry. Appointment listening for all ESP Media broadcasts can be found at soundcloud.com backslash ESP Media or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Search for ESP Media. Appointment listening by ESP Media since 2010. Back here at Pat Mancuso Field, Jake Sweeney Stadium. The injured player again was Dolan Pert. We'll see who came in for him. It didn't look like the guy who's listed on the depth chart came in to replace him. Actually, they brought Corleone in there to replace him at the moment. They've got that big beef package again. Everybody lined up to the left other than two people to the right of the center. And here's Johnson just going to roll out that way to run. He's got running room inside the 40, inside the 35 to the far sideline. It runs out of bounds at the 25-yard line. Again, they lined up seven guys to the left of the center and just said, here we come. And that's about as old school as you can get. They're not making any secrets about where they're going, how they're going there. But Coleraine right now is accomplishing it with ease. They mark him out at the 26-yard line. They're going to stay with that big group as they bring Bess, a linebacker, in. They bring in a defensive tackle, Corleone, in. And also bring... Donovan Owens, another defensive lineman in. This time they line them all up to the right. Only two players to the left of the quarterback, or the center rather, and they're gonna hand it off, angling right. Here's Flowers, has running room inside the 25, down to the 20 yard line. They try to tackle the football, couldn't do it. And Flowers rumbles down to the 18 yard line. John Harris hanging on for dear life, made the tackle, but another 
chunk play gain on first down, a gain of eight to the Princeton 18. They are just having their way up front right now. Princeton was so good in the first quarter defensively. They've gotten shoved around here in quarter number two. Now they're going to line up that big group to the left of the center. Only two players to the right. A guard and a tight end. That's it. Everybody else is to the left of the center. Flowers the lone running back. Now they put pace in motion going out to the left. Further out. Second and two. Turn, just a quarterback keeper. Johnson trying to get to the corner, does so. Darts outside at the 15, down to the 10, down to the five, and bounced out of bounds at about the four-yard line. This isn't even option football right now. It's Freddie Johnson sometimes just taking the snap and wheeling out of there and just keeping it on a quarterback sweep. He had plenty of yards. We'll mark it at the four, first and goal. Cole Rain with 4.17 to go in the half, and Princeton now in trouble. They need a ball to pop loose in the worst way. I think Princeton's going to take a timeout to try to figure out a way to stop this because it is line them up, unbalance the line one way or the other, and here we come, and here Coleraine has come. The last two drives, they have just done anything they want on the ground. Again, Princeton had an early 6-0 lead after recovering a fumble on the first Coleraine offensive play, a 53-yard touchdown pass, which was more catch than it was pass from M.J. Horton, who just kind of threw up a prayer, and Rodney Harris, with a six-inch height advantage on cornerback Devontae Kiner, went up and just took it away from him and then went in for the touchdown. Colerain didn't have a first down on its first two series of the game, but then hit a 55-yard halfback option pass from Lawson Sandusky to Isaiah Myers and got the extra point to take the lead, and the last time they drove it went right down the field and capped it off with about an eight-yard touchdown run from the fullback, M.J. Flowers. And this drive has just been... Quarterback sweep right, quarterback sweep left, the occasional handoff to Flowers, and here we come with it. And right now they got it first and goal with the Princeton four following the timeout. See if they stay with the same group, it looks like they will. Gonna line up just a tight end and a guard to the right of the center. So again, four linemen lined up to the left of the center. And then two other players lined up behind them. And then Johnson lined up his lone running back, gets the handoff, darts through the hole, and darts into the end zone for a touchdown. Looked like Joshua Younger had a chance at him in the hole, and he just reached and couldn't get him. And then Flowers darted through there into the end zone for his second touchdown of this quarter. And Colerain has pulled on top 19-6 with the extra point pending, and we may have an injured Viking, we do, laying in the end zone. So the excitement of that opening quarter is quickly gone here in quarter number two because Princeton has been dominated. Especially at the point of attack. And I can't get a number on who it is. I'm not going to guess if I can't see the number. So just know there is a Princeton player down in the end zone and some pain for the moment. Now Princeton has to figure out something on offense because they've got nothing going on offense either. I'm not so sure if I'm Mike Daniels. I don't get Dorian Durham back there at quarterback and put MJ Horton in another position to use his speed. Again, hard to tell who the player is. There's a training staff around him. Looks like he's getting to his feet. And it's going to be Jaheim Thomas heading to the University of Cincinnati. He's the player shaking up. He's walking off under his own power. Had his helmet knocked loose on that play. He's walking gingerly off, but he is walking off under his own power. 
Four is a lot of time. Princeton needs to get something cranked up on offense because down two scores and Coleraine gets the ball to start the second half and the last two drives showing that they're going to be hard to stop. It'll be Cameron Ott to attempt the point after he hooked his last one wide left. Came into tonight on the season. A perfect 12 of 12, so that was his first miss. All right, so now we're set. Tyler Prather, the backup quarterback, to hold it. Snaps a good one. Placement's down. The kick by Ott is on the way. And that one is good. So 4-11 to go in the first half. Coleraine's ripped off 20 straight points after Princeton took an early 6-0 lead. It's Coleraine 20, Princeton 6. You're listening to Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Budget Door of Cincinnati has you covered. We specialize in repair and installation of commercial doors, security gates, and dock levelers. With affordable rates, 24-hour commercial service, and free replacement quotes, Budget Door can help you with any of your dock or door projects. Have an issue with your home garage door or opener? Budget Door can help with that, too. Servicing the tri-state area for over 30 years, Budget Door offers quality service at a budget price. Call 513-851-6644 to schedule your door repair or replacement today. Back here at Pat Mancuso Field, formerly Viking Stadium, now Jake Sweeney Automotive Stadium. Richard Skinner with producer-engineer Zach Waddell. As Princeton now in catch-up mode, down 20-6. to six. As it'll be Cameron Ott to kick it away. As it teed up on the hash mark to the right. Bowers and Foster standing at their 10 to await the kickoff. As Ott moves on the football. Pooches it high and short again to the near side. It's going to be caught and then dropped. It's loose, and it's going to be recovered by Abdul Wahid for Verkolrain. The up back came up to try to catch it. I did not get a number, but it bounced right off his shoulder pads. And Abdul Wahid able to get it on a couple of hops, and Colrain right back in business with 4.04 to go here in the first half of play. There was a lot of hype about this Princeton football team. And right now it's back is firmly against the wall. Actually, they'll mark it at the 26. I think I said 24. Now this Princeton defense, which was very good for the first handful of series, has just been dominated the last couple with the power group and the unbalanced line. Let's see if they come back with it. Looks like they are. Making no bones about it. We're sending as much beef at you as we can. You've got to try to stop it. See where they send the unbalanced. Let's put a guard and a tight end to the right of the center this time. They've got four linemen across and then Bess and Pace right behind those guys on wings to the left side by side. Flowers the running back, gets the handoff, running left, darts through a hole and doesn't get much down to the 23-yard line. Looked like he was going to get less. Looked like he was going to be stopped at the line of scrimmage, but he did eke out three yards on the play. It was Christian Kilgus Dixon. Now we got a late penalty flag as there was some jawing from the Princeton side of the football, and if this is an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty against Princeton, it's inexcusable. We'll see, maybe not, maybe it's going the other way. There were two players jawing, a Princeton player was jawing with Coleraine's Elijah Ford, the tight end, well, he's a linebacker, but also playing tight end. It's gonna go against Princeton, you can't have that. It was only a gain of three, it's second and seven. You need to, you need to do everything in your power to get a stop, not run your mouth. 
And that's going to be all the way down to the 12-yard line, I believe, maybe the 11 and a half. And it's going to be a first down, Coleraine from there with 3.39 to go in the half. And Coleraine looking to put a knockout punch maybe. It's a discouraged group out there right now, but you can't have that. Again, the unbalanced line to the left. I'm going to guess that's the way they're going to run. Flowers, the lone running back. Johnson under center, takes the snap. He's going to drop the throw. Sets his feet, throws it towards the corner. It's batted away incomplete. Tried to hit pace in the corner. And they're to knock it away and doing a very good job of it. it was Elijah Eberhardt. Yeah, I think it was Elijah Eberhardt who broke that up, I believe. And these numbers get very hard to read, even for the PA guy and myself. They're gray, very thin gray numbers on a deep red uniform, and they're really hard to pick up. So I tried to throw a pass. It went incomplete. So now second and 10 from the 11. Unbalanced line to the left. With two wing backs side by side that way, and Flowers lower of it. Now one of them goes in motion to the right to line up on a wing right, and now a penalty flag comes in, and you're going to get a false start against... Rain. So a nice break for Princeton, an incomplete pass, and now a false start penalty. We'll make it second and six, second and 15, excuse me, from the Princeton 16 with 3.19 to go in the half. See if they stay with this personnel group or if they roll the smaller guys in, I think that's what they're going to do. They're going to take the beef guys off, bring the smaller guys in. And actually checking in to play that extra offensive line spot now that was left vacant by the injury is... Queasy Jones, a six-foot, 225-pound junior, who comes in for the injured Dallin Pert. Slot to the right, Abdul Wahid and pace out that way. Eye formation this time, with Murray behind Flowers in the eye. Murray the eye back. Johnson under center, takes the snap. Going to throw a lateral out to the outside. That's a, that should be a fumble. That should be a fumble. Did Princeton recover? It went out of bounds, and I think they did rule it a fumble. They ruled it a lateral. He threw that one backwards to Abdul Wahid. It went out of bounds at the 15. Now he's saying incomplete pass. I don't think that's correct. That ball was thrown backwards. Ball went out at the 15-yard line. It's either going to be... Yeah, they're going to mark it where it went out of bounds, I do believe. So I'll give him a gain of a yard on the play, actually. Actually, two yards on the play down to the 14. That's the right call because it was a lateral and it bounced off of him, but it bounced forward. So now third and 13 from the 14. Eye formation, slot to the left, the open side of the field. They operate on the hash mark to the right. Johnson, a left-handed quarterback, looks out to his bench to get the call. Hasn't gone back under center, now does so. Looks at a six-man front and in motion. They toss the sweep back, go trying to get to the outside with it and not getting very far. Yeah, he does, across the 10 to the 5 and diving forward. Did he step out early as that was Jalen Thomas who was in there as a running back. They mark him out at the five-yard line. It'll be fourth and four from there. Get a field goal here, maybe? And they will. Looks like Ott's going to come on to try to kick a field goal with 2.32 to go. So Cameron Ott will come on to attempt the field goal. 22 yards off the hash mark to the left, so not much more than an extra point, but there is an angle with the ball off that left hash mark. So Coleraine dodges the touchdown. May see if they can dodge the points. Tyler Prather to hold. Snaps a good one. The hold is down. The kick on the way from Ott is up, and it is no good. He missed it wide left. I think Ott thought he made that one. It went over the left upright, it looked like. It was kicked very high, so very tough on that angle, and 
But Princeton defense makes a big, big stand to stay in this football game with 2.26 to go in the half. And they'll take over at the Vikings 20 yard line following the missed field goal. Colerain was about to issue a knockout punch and instead Princeton hangs around for the time being. They need something on this drive though. Let's see who comes into quarterback on this drive. It's gonna be MJ Horton still in there to quarterback. Thomas Boyd comes in there to play running back on this series. They put Burkhalter wide left, double wings each way this time. Nobody wide right, and Boyd to the right of Horton in the shotgun. Horton takes the shotgun snap, hands it to Boyd, running straight ahead, runs through some tackles, bangs his way across the 25, all the way up to the 28-yard line. There's a penalty flag at about the 28-yard line. You get a sideline warning here, maybe? That was thrown not even near where the play was developing, unless a wide receiver... Burkhalter held on the outside. They're going to call, no, illegal shift against Princeton. And Mike Daniels livid on the sidelines. But the penalties and mistakes just killing this football team. Instead of a gain of eight, it's a five-yard penalty. It takes it back to the 15, where it'll be first and 10 Princeton, or first and 15 Princeton. Should be second and two up at the 28. Three receivers go right, one to the left. Boyd in there still is the running back to the right of Horton who stands in the shotgun looking at a five-man front. He wants to drop the throw. wants to set up the middle screen. And he's going to be sacked for a safety. No, they say he stopped him at the one-yard line. They stopped the screen because he had nowhere to throw the football, so he just had to eat it. And Jalen Thomas buried him at the one-yard line and shoved him in the end zone backwards, but they said the forward progress was to the one. So no safety, but it is a big loss back to actually the two. Great job by Colerain to sniff out the screen, and now a timeout going to be taken by Colerain with a minute 47 to go in the half. Why not? So it'll be from the two-yard line, and Colerain has taken its, I believe, second timeout. They had to take one to avoid a delay earlier, so they'll have one left. Well, that was probably the right call that he didn't get, that it was not a safety because Thomas clearly hit him first at the two, and then when he drove him back and drove him to the turf, Horton was in the end zone by that point, but clearly the, the forward progress was out of the end zone. I mean, he was retreating, waiting to throw it, but there was nowhere to throw because they'd covered up the, 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 path, the guy they were going to screen it to, which was Boyd. So... Horton and Boyd standing about five yards, maybe even six, about five yards deep in the end zone. As they await the snap, Boyd to the left of Horton in the shotgun has two receivers each way. Horton takes the snap, drops to throw it. He's in some trouble in the end zone, trying to run out of there, does so to the near side, across the five, and he runs out of bounds at the seven-yard line. That's a gift, though, for Colerain, because it's going to stop the clock with a minute 38 to go in the half. Again, he did that last week against Sycamore, and it cost him because... Sycamore was able to have enough time on the clock at the end of the game. Actually, that was a third down play, excuse me, so it'll be fourth down, but still running out of bounds to stop the clock. Coring still shows two timeouts on the board. And it'll be, again, back to punt it. Tamir Matthews stands about five yards deep. Let's see where the punt returner, Deshaun Pace, will go. He's just going to stand at about the 33-yard 30, line. 
in Princeton territory. Again, the snaps have been an adventure. Now we got some movement up front. What do we got? We got a timeout. Yep, we got a timeout for Coleraine. Or excuse me, timeout for Princeton. Boy, this second quarter has been really ugly for the Vikings. Both sides of the football getting dominated. Mistakes at bad times, and somehow feels like it should be worse than 20 to 6, but it's not. I guess that's the good news. They, they got nothing going on offense. Haven't been able to run it. Other than the long pass to Harris, in which he just made a spectacular individual play to go up and catch the football. They've done absolutely nothing in the passing game either. So, Colerain trying to extend that Greater Miami Conference winning streak to 77 games in a row. That's just stunning. Last time they lost a GMC game in October of 2008 to Middletown, 42-39. And prior to that, they'd won 61 GMC games in a row. So this is the benchmark and still is the benchmark in this league. Although Fairfield may be sneaking up a little bit. I think everybody thought Princeton was going to sneak up a little bit, but so far tonight, not so. So Matthews to punt from his own end zone. Wimpy to snap it. It's a pretty good snap. Matthews gets it and gets the punt away. It's a wobbly kick that Pace fields at the 39-yard line. Looking for some running room. Penalty marker flies. He's to the 35. Up the sideline and run out of bounds at the 30-yard line and finally pushed out there. There's a penalty flag on the play at about the 33-yard line. Let's see if this might be an illegal block in the back here. 126 to go, clock stop. Again, it still shows two timeouts for Coleraine, so I guess that's what it is. I thought they took one earlier. It's going to be holding, it looks like, against Coleraine, so they'll, instead of having it at the 29 in Princeton territory, where the penalty flag was thrown was the 32. That'll back them up to the 42, but it's still in Princeton territory with a minute 26 to go in the half. Freddie Johnson has only thrown one pass, I believe. It was knocked away. The other pass was thrown by... Running back Lawson Sandusky on the halfback option that went for a touchdown. Johnson on the season. Passing the football. Usually Tyler Prather's been the guy who throws it when they throw it. Prather's seven or five of eighteen. Johnson seven of thirteen coming into tonight for 142 yards, and he's in there now in the shotgun as two receivers each way. So they're going to open up the playbook here with a passing attack, perhaps. The running back next to him in there right now is Ronald Williams Jr. So again, double slot each way, looking at a five-man front. Johnson takes the snap, look like a man moved early. He's going to pitch it out to Williams, running left. Can he get to the corner? He can slightly as John Harris pulled him down from behind. He got down to the 35-yard line for a pickup of six. Harris grabbed him at about the 38, and he dragged him for three more yards. And quickly back to the line of scrimmage comes Colerain. Again, Williams stays in there as the running back. Off the hash mark to the left, two receivers each side, double slots each way. This time it's just no, it's still a five-man front that Johnson looks at. Takes the snap, drops the throw. Now he wants to take off and run very quickly, and now he's in some trouble, and down he goes. Might have got back to the line of scrimmage, and that's all. Now a late penalty flag comes in. And is Princeton going to get flagged for a late hit or a, or a face mask here? Darian Henry, one of the guys in on the tackle. I think this is going against Princeton. And if it is, instead of it being, he lost a yard action. Instead of it being third and about five, this may be a first down for Coleraine down near the 20-yard line. Let's see. 52 seconds to go in the half. Clock stopped as the officials discuss it. They've not made a decision yet, or at least made a ruling yet that we've seen. I think you're getting a five-yard face mask is what it's going to be, so that's going to put it very near a first down. 
comes the call, and it's going to be, well, we haven't done anything yet. Officials like to talk to each other a lot. They don't like to signal everybody else what's going on. This really isn't a hard call. Either face master, he didn't. It's either five yards or it's not. Which one is it? Let's make the call, gentlemen. Personal foul face mask. Oh, they're going to go personal foul each way. Never mind. So they're going to offset him. So there we go. So that'll make, I believe that'll be a post-play foul, which will make it third and five from the 36. At least it should. So each team gets a personal foul. So the penalties do offset. I believe the play stands. He got tackled at the 36-yard line. And if it is, it should be a third down play if that penalty came after the play was over with. But now, actually, they're marching. Now somehow, they're marching back five yards here. I don't, I'm not sure I get this. They called offsetting personal fouls and yet moved the football back five yards. Okay. The yardstick marker, he's a little confused. He has not moved yet, and I can't blame him. I'm confused, and this refereeing crew is confused. They signal offsetting personal fouls. If it's the case, the ball should be at the 36-yard line, and it should be third down and five is what it should be. Now they walked it back to the original line of scrimmage, the 35. So it's going to be second and four. So the down does not count. So second and four. That was only slightly confusing. Clock rolling again inside 50 seconds. And it's actually Prather in there now in the shotgun. So he's in there to quarterback. Considered the better thrower of the two. Boy, they're wasting a lot of time down to 40, inside of 40. Taking a long time. This is a break for Princeton every year right here. Still have not snapped the football. Now they finally do. Prather drops the throw. Sets his feet, wants to set up a short pass. It's batted down. Not sure who got a piece of that. Might have been Suttles. Clock stop with 26 seconds to go. And Prather in for one play, now back out on third and four as Johnson comes back in. Princeton just trying to survive this half, get to halftime, tweak a couple of things and see if you can't get back in this game, but you got to get this stop. So Johnson back in there, has double slots each way. Ronald Williams to his right. Looks at a four-man Princeton front as they're dropping more to cover. Now a man comes in motion left to right to make it three receivers that way. Johnson wanted to run a quarterback draw. Now scrambles around, throws at the sideline, goes through the hands of the intended receiver, Deshaun Pace. He would have been well short of the first down. And I'm telling you, Freddie Johnson on the run through a bullet from very close range. And well, I'm surprised here. Coring going to punt the ball away. On fourth and four with still 21 seconds to go in the half. Unless they got a fake up their sleeve. Sandusky is the punter, but he's also the guy that threw the halfback option touchdown pass. Pace is one of the upbacks, along with Abdul Wahid, so they, they, they could do something. Princeton kind of playing a defensive look. They do have one man deep. I believe Bowers is back there deep, or Foster can't tell which. The fourth and forward, let's see if they get, try to get on the hard count and get the free five yards. Nope, they're going to snap it, and he's going to throw it. No, now he's going to punt it. He looked like he was going to throw it. It's a line drive that's caught on one knee. He's down. Yep, Bowers caught that on a knee at the 11-yard line, and the official was right on it. He tried to pop up and run with it as he had to sink to a knee to catch it. It was a tough one because that was a low, low line drive. Sandusky rolled out, looked like he was going to throw a pass, and then thought better of it and opted to punt it away. And 
I would assume right here with just the 14 seconds to go, Princeton with one timeout. And somehow surviving to this point down just 20 to six after leading early six nothing. We'll just take this one to the half. Stranger things have happened. You love the hook and lateral play. Do you pull that out here? Do you have some other bag of tricks? As MJ Horton comes back out the quarterback. Boyd's in there as the running back. Coleraine has two safety men standing at about the 45-yard line. They are way out of the play. You could throw a pass in the middle of that zone and get a timeout if you wanted. Instead, they're just going to hand it off to Boyd, running right, trying to get to the corner, cannot do so, chopped down at the 12-yard line. What a nice, nice, nice open field tackle made there by Elijah Ford. And that's going to take us to halftime. It started with a lot of promise. A fumble by Coleraine on their first offensive play that Princeton recovered. On the next play, a 53-yard touchdown pass. Put the, put the Vikings up 6-0 early, but after that, it has been all Coleraine. As we roll into halftime, the score is Coleraine 20, Princeton 6. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. We'll be back in about uh, 15 or so minutes as we've got uh, some podcast material, I think, for you to listen to. That's coming up next, and we'll get you some halftime stats and look ahead to the second half and more. Here at halftime again, it's Coleraine 20, Princeton 6. You're listening to Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Creating beautiful smiles every day, that is what we do at Casanelli Shanker and Baker Orthodontics. These board-certified orthodontists treat both children and adults and use traditional braces, clear ceramic brackets, and Invisalign to meet their individual patient needs. With offices conveniently located in Westchester and Blue Ash, they provide flexible payment options, convenient hours, and high-quality care. For a free new patient exam, contact Casanelli Shanker and Baker Orthodontics at 513-777-7060. Welcome into another episode of the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback Tony Pike of Reading High School, UC, and Carolina Panthers fame. We'll talk some high school football, some NFL, some college football, lots to talk about on each of those fronts. We'll start the segment with high school football, however, um, and a, a couple of, of really good games coming up this week. you got Colerain at Princeton. That could have been a better game if Princeton had hung Ooh, on to beat Sycamore. Interesting game. Uh, yeah, that would have been a little bit more interesting, again, had they had they hung on to win that game and, and unfortunately did not. Um, you've got some really good games uh, involving GCL teams as they kind of uh, ramp up into GCL play coming up this week. Let's start with a team that's been everybody's number one for the most part. Uh, I know we have had them as number one at Local 12. I think other outlets in town have had them number one, the Elder Panthers. The last two weeks, Tony, uh, won shootouts against Indy Cathedral, and then last week against Clearwater Academy, 60-54. Does that raise a red flag about the defense, or does that tell you that, hey, they are good enough offensively to get the job done no matter what the defense does? I I still think they can be a a defense, not a dominant defensive team, but they can be a good defensive team. That team they played last week. They had dudes. I, I heard I mean, well, they, they had, had some really good. I think they had good, 12 guys yeah. that are going to be playing at the next yeah, level. Now, they didn't have a ton of depth. Yeah, I think they only had 35 kids. Yeah, but man, talent-wise, that was a, a group that could put it together. I've, I've been impressed at the the way that they can score. They can do it running the ball. They can do it throwing the ball, but um, they can protect the quarterback. They can pound you up front. And when you look at late in the season – 
what separates teams. If you get those cold, bad weather yep. games, Elder's a team that can withstand that because of their style of play. You don't have a, a team that has to throw it 30 times a game to win. They can line up and they can punch you in the mouth for four quarters and wear you down up front. And I would say they probably won't see a whole lot better team athletically than Clearwater right. Academy. Um, they they may not face a team more disciplined than Andy Cathedral. And, and so they've, they've withstood a couple of pretty good punches here in the, in the non-conference. Um, it's still going to be all-out battle with X. Yes. Uh, LaSalle, I think, is still going to contend. Moeller's way down the depth chart when you're talking about the GCL South. But I, I know some people probably are alarmed by those last two weeks for Elder. I'm more of the – hey, they gave up 659 yards. And, and yep. you, you can't do that usually and win a high school football. In high school football, that is a boatload of yards. Mm-hmm. But they found a way to win both games against good teams. That's the thing. Clearwater Academy, as you mentioned, they've got guys. They've got a receiver going yeah. to Clemson. I mean, they've just got a bunch of good players, and Elder withstood the punch. I, I think for them it's a great test. It's a, it's a great test, and it's something to rely on at different points of the season and say, hey, we've already been through this. It's, it, it hasn't been a cakewalk all the way through. We haven't dominated our opponents. We've had to really dig down, see what we're made of, and I think you come out of games like that with a better understanding for the players of what they have and for the coaching staff to say, hey, we got some guys that can get it done uh, when their number's called or when their name's called. So I think I see it as a positive for Elder. I think I think the last two weeks especially, and and I think it leads into kind of where we're going. The, the GCL as a whole, outside of what Moeller is right now, is going to be really tough throughout the year. Yeah, St. X uh, with a win over Penn last week, 37. They play Indy Cathedral. Uh, they, this will be the third time that uh, Indy Cathedral's played a GCL South team. They shut out uh, Moeller in game one and lost a touchdown game to Elder. So maybe this says a little bit about X. I mean, th- maybe X is somewhere in the middle here. We're going to find out. Or is X a team, if they go dominate Indy Cathedral, do we look up and go, well, Elder was all out to beat him, and look what X did. So maybe X raises our eyebrows a little bit more. They played pretty well in the non-league, obviously, with wins over Colerain and Cathedral. Yeah, I think for the for the most part, where I've seen and where I've had St. X throughout is number two behind Elder. So I think you're going to get a good barometer of where these teams are at. And obviously, once they play each other, you throw that out the window anyway because you know you're always going to get a physical drag-out game. But no, this is a this is a week for Saint X to uh, to kind of build on what they've had already. And when you talk about what they're building on, it it's the the play of quarterback Matthew Reevy up to this point, who's kind of taken over the last couple of years for Saint X. They knew what they had, right? John Clifford, Chase Wolf, uh, even up even back to last year to Wired Hudipole, who had committed to, to Kentucky for baseball. Matthew Reevy was kind of unknown going into this year, and, and he's kind of taken uh, this this league by storm, and he's doing it. Uh, behind a brilliant offensive coordinator who is um, able to game plan around some faults that maybe that offense has uh, to give themselves a chance to win. All right, we mentioned in the Greater Miami Conference, we'll have the game for you. One of three games we'll have for you on ESP Media this week. Cole Rain at Princeton, the other games, Loveland at Withrow and Moeller at Winton Woods. We'll talk about Winton Woods here in just a second. Uh, we're going to kind of go down the Division One level in, in Ohio. I, I want to go to Fairfield next. Um, they, they haven't really been tested at this point. I don't know if they're going to get tested Friday against Hamilton. Um, Hamilton got, got beat pretty soundly by Lakota West in its Greater Miami Conference opener. But I've liked this Fairfield team since the start of the season. Uh, you know, Centerville's down. The win at Springfield was a good win because Springfield's 2-1. and one. It's the only loss they have. They beat Middletown the way they should have beaten Middletown. You know, they've, they've got a stretch of schedule, though, at the end of the year. Um, after Hamilton, they go west-east, and then they've got Princeton, Sycamore, Oak Hills, which is a layup, and Cole Rain. So three of the last four games are really when Fairfield's going to get tested. I think they get a little bit of a test from west, 
But I do think that they have a chance to probably run the table till they get to Sycamore, yeah. be sitting at six and zero, undefeated in the league, and then we'll see what they're made of with Princeton, Sycamore, um, Oak Hills, and, and well, Oak Hills, not Oak Hills, but Colerain yeah. uh, at the end. Well, I think we've up to this point we've said Colerain, Fairfield, and Princeton. The Sycamore is saying, "Whoa, whoa, wait, wait a second, yeah. wait, wait, a, and and see about us." Sycamore, they, they've they've done it, scoring a lot of points, and they held a really good Princeton team to only thirteen points. So. Uh, the GMC is, is a race that's going to get tighter than I think what a yeah, lot of people and, and expected. I, I, I think someone in that West East is is still good enough yeah. to to win games. I don't know if they're good enough to beat a Fairfield, but I think they're good enough to beat a Princeton. I don't. Maybe they're good enough to beat a Colerain. I yeah. don't know, but I, I think this year it's not Colerain and everybody else, or it's not just Colerain and Fairfield. It's about four or five teams that that are really sound in that league that that really I, I think have a chance to make the playoffs. I mean, right now. If the playoffs were today, Coleraine would actually be out. And, again, the playoffs aren't today, so right. they've got plenty of time to play their way back in, and they will. But the other teams in the league, Fairfield would be in today, Sycamore would be in today, Lakota West would be in, Princeton would be in. Believe it or not, Hamilton would still be in yeah. today. It, so, it, it's a it's a conference that, for many years, like you said, has been very top-heavy with Coleraine and everyone else. I, I still think that it's a, a, uh, a league where it's going to be a – new team that, that pushes forward this year. I just don't know which team it is right. because I don't know what Princeton is right now after that loss. Uh, I broadcast the game, and I'm trying to figure out what they are yeah. at this stage of the game. And, I mean, and, they, they had the game in hand, made a special teams blunder, yep. blundered the clock. They allowed Sycamore a chance to go down and kick the game-winning field goal. They scored 10 points in the last minute, 59, to to really steal a win away from Princeton. It felt like, hey, Princeton's going to be 3-0 and against Colerain. Holy cow. This yep. is, And now it becomes – well, you really need that win over Colerain, or you're quickly out of the GMC race, and then you're in an uphill battle to make the playoffs. Right, and for a team that, you know, all the hype preseason, and, and, and now the pressure goes squarely on Princeton this week. They get Colerain at home. It should be a fantastic game. No doubt about it. Uh, let's go to Division Two, and, and I'll tell you, there are three teams that have kind of separated themselves a little bit, uh, and, and, and it's going to be interesting to see which one of these three is the team that comes out of here. That's Turpin, LaSalle, and Winton Woods. Right yeah. now, two, three, and four in, in on Joe Idle's Harbin ratings. Um, again, the official rankings don't come out till after next week's games, but he is spot on, so that's about where they would be. Winton Woods, to me, is still the class of that group. They've got Moeller this week. Um, but I'm I'm getting more and more intrigued by this LaSalle team, and I'll talk about Turpin in a second because what they've done has been very intriguing. But I'm getting uh, – Winton Woods is really good. We knew that going in. They're proving that. They're playing a tough schedule. They're doing things against a tough schedule. Yeah, it ramps up a little bit with Moeller, mm-hmm. but I think they handled Moeller because um, I, I the win over Lafayette did nothing to move my meter with Moeller. I mean, I hope they enjoyed that victory, um, and they pounded him pretty good. Yes. But I, I still think Winton Woods is a, is a better team. This LaSalle team, though, they're 3-0, wins over West. It's the only loss Lakota West has. Mason's down this year, beat Mason, coming off this win over Mansfield. They played Dayton Dunbar this coming week. The stretch of games, though, that we're going to know about LaSalle, they're, they're going to likely be 5-0 and after uh, after their fifth game. Then they've got Moeller, which probably is a win. That's yep. 6-0. and And then they finish with the following. Covcath, St. X, Winton Woods, Elder. Yeah. Very tough stretch for them to end the season with. It's a tough stretch, but... The way they've done it thus far, they have a, I mean, they basically have a college secondary. Mm-hmm. Their secondary is excellent, and they have something that not a lot of teams in high school have, and that's the ability to make long field goals. I mean, so many teams have to go for it because they're not on only the long. We're talking a lot of teams don't even try thirty-five right. yard field goals right. in high school. I mean, that's almost guaranteed for LaSalle. So you're able to to shrink the field. You're able to bring drives home with points and your defense is good enough and your and especially defense, that yes. back end that, that listen you can kick some field goals and win some games if you have to down the road nine to seven right. twelve to ten now, whatever now how good that defense is is going to be 
go a long way when you see teams like Winton Woods in that offense, when you see Covcath, when you see St. X's passing game, and you see Elder's running game. I think it's interesting how the GCL, those top three teams, are are kind of molded. Yes. Elder wants to ground and pound. St. X is going to throw the ball. And LaSalle relies on their secondary and some special teams. So it, it's going to be very interesting to see which strong point of each team kind of leads them to victory. The other team to talk about in Division Two, Turpin. They're off to a 3-0 yeah. start. And you can temper it with uh, what they beat, but they did it. They do have a win over Lakota East. Lakota East is two and one. It's the only loss for them, and they beat them by two touchdowns. How about this this Nugget stat? And I got to give our friend Tom Gamble credit for for digging this one up. Turpin has not punted this year, and it's not because they're doing something newfangled where they've decided to become the first team in the country to punt. They've looked at the analytics and all that, and it says never punt the football unless it's a special. No, they've never been in a position to have to punt the football this season. That's staggering to me. Uh, yeah, and and I had a, a text actually on Friday night from a guy that follows Troy and went to Troy and said Troy was supposed to be decent this year. They beat him bad. Supposed to be a good a good year this year. At one point, it was fifty five to six. I mean Turpin absolutely crushed that team so it is when you make statements like that and you have a, a win against Lakota East it's almost like that hey well you know we we talked about it with division one right now it's almost like hey don't forget right about us kind of what Sycamore's doing don't forget about Turpin uh so look I know it's still early in the year but looking forward to some playoff type of matchups and how teams are going to be seated is uh, is very intriguing in high school sports this year. No question. Let's get to some of the smaller schools, if you will, Divisions 3 and below, and we'll start really with, with the team that we've had number one in our local 12 top six all year, Wyoming. Tested by Mount Healthy, won 10-7. They yeah. opened G, G, uh, CHL play against, ah, what's that team's name? Oh, they got a really cool mascot. They had I can a, tell you. It's, they it's had a, a former guy that played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I can, I can tell you it's a team that's looking for their first points. The Reading Blue Devils, they've my friend, yet to score this year. They've not scored, man. Oh, man! I was, I was, I was with you though. I was surprised at that Mount Healthy score. I thought, I thought it'd be higher. I thought it'd yeah. be close, but I thought it'd be higher scoring than that. Yep. See, I'm not sure that tells me that Wyoming's defense is that good because Mount Healthy did get blanked the week before. Or look, Mount Healthy's really good. They're one and two, and yep. and their two losses are to Coldwater, which is a perennial power, and to Wyoming by three. Maybe just an off day for the Wyoming offense. And, and now they get into CHL play. And while Madeira's off to a great start at 3-0, yeah. Deer Park's off to a great start at 3-0, uh, Marymount's off to a great start at 3-0, Indian Hill's always a battle, they're still a class of that league. Yeah, and, so, I, I, and I'm not sure it's even close. I don't see how anyone in the CHL beats Wyoming this year. Now, that being said, when you look after the CHL in the playoffs, Wyoming lost a lot from last mm -hmm. year. Lost a lot of skill guys, a lot of talent on offense. So Evan Prater is a bona fide stud. Uh, it just... It, Interesting to see how far he can take that team with not as many weapons this year. Right. Another team talking about division uh, in Division Four. Roger Bacon off to a three and zero start. They had that goofy game against Dunbar, where the Dunbar player had butted an official, and the game got called at twenty three to eight. Handled a pretty good Newport Central Catholic team, forty one fourteen, then beat a winless Woodward team, forty five to six. But if you look out at their schedule, they've got a couple of tests on it, and they'll come come in a couple weeks. They've got Baden this week. Um, that'll be a test, but I think they're they're a better team. They've got McNick. Um, and then down the road, CHCA, which just, I believe, let me double-check, beat McNick 40-33, to So that, mm -hmm. and they're always a quality program, and a, and, and Summit Country Day, which is 3-0, and and it's always hard to get a read on them. One of the wins for them was over Reading. Another win was over a, a club team, the Landmark Eagles, which used to be Landmark Christian uh, High School, so it's hard to get a read on them. But Bacon, in theory, if they're as good as some of the stuff they're doing, might run the table? Yeah, I mean, we... You, again, we, we mentioned this with Winton Woods, and we mentioned this with Elder. 
to be successful in Ohio late in the year, you better be able to run the ball. And Roger Bacon certainly checks that box. So, you know, that's another team that, yes, can they run the table? Uh, they have talent. They have some skill guys on defense. Uh, but offensively, they have the ability to control the clock, to control possession, and to run the ball and wear teams out late in the season when it gets to be those cold and windy and bad weather games. Well, and, and hit some big plays, too. I mean, that, that's the other part. Corey Kiner's the guy we're talking about, the running back. I mean, yes. all he did... Um, all he did last week was run for 124 and three touchdowns. He is a, a really talented kid on the year. Has run for almost 300 yards and six touchdowns, and you have to temper that with that first game got called right. uh, around halftime, so he probably would have gotten another 80 to 100 yep. yards there. So um, off to a, to a great start, two straight weeks of, of 120-plus yards rushing the ball. Um, so, yeah, they've, they've got that weapon in him and, and the ability to ground and pound, and uh, again, just looking at their schedule, I think they've got a, an outside shot to run the table. I don't know if it can happen. CHCA is really good. Right. McNick will be a great test, but it's not like every week they're going to get they're going to get a stern test. And so if they pass a couple of his tough ones, yep. uh, may, maybe they do uh, when when all is said and done. Uh, over into Kentucky, uh, where Cubcath continues to dominate Northern Kentucky competition, they shut out Dixie Heights. They're four and zero. Uh, one of their wins was that close win against Lexington Catholic, which has a great quarterback, Bo Allen, who's going to Kentucky. Um, won that one 39-38. But their, their three games against Northern Kentucky schools, Ryle, Campbell County, Dixie Heights, none of them scored. So they continue to be the class of that. They've got Beachwood this week. That's a, that's a tough one for Beachwood. Um, I think that's for them. Just kind of survive, get through the week, yeah. don't get hurt, and, and, and move on. It'll probably get to a running clock and all of, all of those things. Beachwood's one of those teams that's interesting to me because they're, they're still searching for an identity. Yes. They're, they're struggling on the line. Their skill guys aren't really pulling through, but they do have a really good quarterback. So I think, I think Beachwood's one of those teams this year that benefits from the Kentucky playoff system. Yes, I, 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 oh, they just get in. You know, once you're in and play your best football at the end of the year. I think because Beachwood is playing tough games early. And, yeah, they played Paintsville. Yeah, they played Som- play Somerset, which was really good. Corbin was right. good, and just got a, that was a good win over Corbin for them after starting zero and two. Covcath will be a great test. They've got Taft next week. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I think when they get back to their 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 class, which is class two A, although. Broadcasting Lloyd and Connor on Saturday on, on the CW Cincinnati, I came away really impressed with Lloyd thinking, all right, they got a puncher's chance. And Newport in Class 2A over there is off to a yeah. 4-0 start. So that, that district that Beachwood has fallen into suddenly becomes a pretty, right. pretty tough district. So looking forward to some of that. Um, also, big game this week, though, over Northern Kentucky. It'll be Highlands taking on Ryle. And Ryle kind of got to be a forgotten team a little bit because they got beaten their opener by Covcat 37 nothing. But since have ripped off wins over Connor, which that's their only loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cooper, that's their only loss. And then over Match Boone County, 46 to nothing. So the game of the week by far will be Ryle taking on Highlands at Highlands uh, in, in that game. So looking forward to that. And in Indiana, of course, East Central continues to roll on. They're 4-0. And Lawrenceburg continues to roll on as well, 3-1. and Any final high school thoughts, Tony Pike? No. All right. That's all I got. On. We were moving, moving on. We're moving on to the NFL. We're moving on to Buffalo. That's what Luana oh. Romo said yesterday. 3.30, oh, okay. time to move on to Buffalo. Okay. That's what we're going to do. we got a lot of NFL to discuss, including injuries abounding for quarterbacks. We'll look around the AFC North. We'll look at some players requesting trades, and should teams grant those requests for trades? One team certainly did. We'll talk about that much more as we continue. It's the Angry Quarterbacks from your friends at ESP Media from the James Rapine Memorial Studio. Getting answers, finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. Welcome back into the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback. And now quarterback guru. See, I got a call start calling quarterback guru. Guru. No, he's not George. Is it Whitfield? Who's the one guy who considers himself? Whitfield. Whitfield. Yeah, you're, you're, I think you're going to. I, think you're gonna I be, trained under him. 
Did you like him? Mm, and he yeah. is Tony Pike, by the way. Thank you. Did you learn some things about be here. teaching things, or did you? Yeah. Okay. I took away more, I took away more teaching aspects than what I learned. I think. There you go. Okay. I, I, he's supposedly the quarterback whisperer, right? Yeah. What does he put you through? I mean, like, what what kind of things does he do that, a lot that makes of stuff, him unique? A lot of stuff with him is arm just, sl- is he a big arm slot guy? No, a lot of stuff with him though is he's out in California, so he has the uh, the access to the beach. That, that helps. A lot of sand and a lot of water training. So this is more like strength training. Yeah, drops, things like that. Speed, footwork, which footwork. is so imperative. No question. For the quarterback position. What, what is your one driving home point when you're teaching your young quarterbacks? For those that know, go ahead and tell, tell people that, what, what you do and how they can reach you if they want their young quarterback tutor. Because yeah, you could. For, you, for the record, and I'm not kidding around, we kid around a bunch with each other. Tony, Tony does work with a lot of young quarterbacks and, and high school quarterbacks and a lot of the yeah. top ones in this area. So in case you're wondering, he does know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah you, you can go to. Uh, at least C- where this is concerned. Well, accordingly. No, you yes. can go to Cincy QB Academy. Dot com and learn everything that we're doing but um this is a uh what i what we're trying to do and what i try to do when i work with Back here at Pat Mancuso Field, formerly Viking Stadium, now Jake Sweeney Automotive Stadium. I'm Richard Skinner with producer engineer Zach Waddell here at halftime. Princeton down to Coleraine, 20 to 6. By the way, that uh, was the Angry Quarterbacks podcast that Tony Pike and I do each and every Tuesday. Just a snippet of it. We talk high school football, Bengals in the NFL, and a lot of college football in that podcast. Usually about an hour long, a segment on each, and uh, we usually drop that sometime on Tuesday afternoons, and you can always find it at ESP Media. 20 to 6 to score. It started well for Princeton. The Vikings going up 6 to nothing less than a minute into the game after they recovered a Coleraine fumble at their own 47 yard line on Coleraine's first offensive play of the game. And on the very next snap, it was my Jaden Horton throwing a 53 yard touchdown pass to Rodney Harris, a play in which Harris made a great catch to go over top of the cornerback, Devontae Kiner. Kiner goes just 5'8, Harris goes 6'2, and he just reached over and plucked it away from him and rolled into the end zone for a touchdown. The extra point conversion was blocked, but Princeton had taken a 6-0 lead. Coleraine didn't have a first down on either of its first two possessions, one that ended in a fumble, then a three and out. Next time they had the ball late in the first quarter, though, they went to the bag of tricks, tossing the ball back to tailback Lawson Sandusky, who pulled up and hit a wide-open Isaiah Myers for a 55-yard touchdown. Cameron Ott added the point after, and Coleraine had taken a 7-6 lead, and then the second quarter totally dominated by Coleraine. They got an eight-yard touchdown run by MJ Flowers with 8.55 to go in the half to cap an eight-play 58-yard drive. And the extra point went wide left to make it 13-6. And on the next drive, they went eight plays, 69 yards. And MJ Flowers capped that one from four yards out. Ott's kick was good this time, and that's where we stand at 22-6. Halftime stats show Colrain with 211 yards total offense on 31 snaps. Princeton with just 102 on 25 snaps. Coleraine had nine first downs, Princeton five. Coleraine rushed 26 times for 151 yards. Princeton rushed it 15 times for 29 yards. Princeton had 73 yards passing, but again, 53 on that one big play for the touchdown. And for Coleraine, they had 60 yards in passing, but 55 of those on that long touchdown pass from Sandusky to Myers. Really the story in the second quarter, though, Princeton completely shut down on offense. No first downs. They had just three total yards of offense. They only ran six plays in the second quarter and had three total yards in that second quarter to play no first downs. Coleraine, on the other hand, in the second quarter had seven first downs, 
rushed it for 128 yards on 17 carries and added five more through the air. So they had 21 second quarter snaps and 133 yards of offense in that quarter of play as they went uh, to a significant chunk of that unbalanced line and brought in a handful of defensive linemen, linebacker types to do some blocking. And it led to either Freddie Johnson taking it on a quarterback sweep and getting yardage or he'd hand it off to MJ Flowers and they kind of adjusted that and he'd get yardage. Flowers wound up the first half, 12 carries for 76 yards. Johnson had nine for 44. And then after that, just a handful for Abdul Wahid who had two carries for 10 yards. And for Princeton, James Price led the way on the ground, three carries, 20 yards. MJ Horton, 11 carries, just seven yards. And Thomas Boyd got a carry in the second quarter for uh, one carry for two yards. Passing department, MJ Horton, again, continues to struggle with accuracy, just four of 10 for 73 yards. And really, the, the, the touchdown to Harris was a play in which Harris made a tremendous catch on because uh, it was really just a jump ball tossed up there by MJ Horton. And that's where we are here at halftime. Both teams are back out on the field. Princeton in the end zone to my left. Trying to get warm back up and try to get something going. Don't forget that if you've been listening throughout, Coleraine did win the toss and deferred. So the Cardinals will get the ball here to start the second half. And really at 20-6, to it's probably fortunate for Princeton. Ott missed a short field goal. They could have made it 23. And really, they were knocking on the door down with a first and goal at the four-yard line. Uh, already up 20-6 to and really could have put the knockout blow at 27-6. to Ended up not being able to do it. So Princeton still hanging around, just down two scores, but got to need a stop from the defense and got to get something going offensively. They've got really nothing going tonight on the offensive side of the ball, and we'll see if we see the second quarterback, Dorian Durham, at some point in this uh, third quarter of play or in this second half of play to try to spark the offense because Horton just has really struggled throwing the football. So we get set to start the second half. Colerain's kick unit. Already out on the field, kick return unit's already out on the field. As back deep to receive the kickoff, it's to the far side. Jalen Thomas to the near side, Sean Williamson. And it'll be to kick it off to Hayden Cole, Hayden Cobbs, rather, excuse me. Cobbs kicked off one time in the first half after the touchdown and proceeded to kick the ball out of bounds. And taking it sweet time, getting back out there. Coleraine's been staying on the field for quite some time. So now we've got the ball teed up. Cobbs, a right-footed soccer stylist, will get set to put a toe into it. So a nice crowd on hand for both sides tonight. Very nice crowd for the Princeton side of it. So you heard the whistle perhaps in the background. It signifies we're about set to go as Cobbs moves on the football and gets away a very short end over and kick. It's going to be fielded at the 21-yard line on a fair catch as it was... Taking that fair catch, Ronald Williams Jr. And he'll start at the 21-yard line, maybe 22, depending on where he caught it. And now this is where you can use that defense to get a three and out. So Colerain huddled around its offensive staff. Princeton's defense huddled around the defensive staff. Colerain trots to the field, and now comes Princeton defensively. Vikings were completely dominating that second quarter at the line of scrimmage, and with that big beefy alignment they're going to start this half in their traditional wing set no no wideouts they do have a tight end each way and a wing back each way Murray the wing back to the left Abdul Rahid the wing back to the right Flowers the running back behind Freddie Johnson who was under center now gets out looks in the sideline it looks like they want to change up what they're going to do play wise here it's been a kind of standard norm he gets under center then comes back out and looks over to the sideline now he goes in motion going left. It's an option coming that way. They hand it to the fullback Flowers, and he burrows his way up to the 29. 
or so yard line. John Harris, the linebacker with the stop. Mark it at the 28, so make it a gain of five yards on first down, and that's kind of been the MO since that second quarter started. Some chunk after chunk after chunk of running plays, or running yardage, rather. Same alignment, Murray the wing back left. Abdul Wahid the wing back right. Flowers the lone running back behind Johnson under center. Johnson takes the snap, hands it off inside to Flowers. He gets it across the 30 to 31. The ball come out. Wrestling around for the football. They're still tugging over it, two players. It's Flowers, and I believe for Princeton, there to make the tackle and also trying to strip it away was Iron Love. So we'll mark it at the 31. It'll be third and two from there. Nobody wide, wing back each way. One running back, Flowers, behind Johnson, who was under center, now gets out, looks to the sideline, looks at the signal. Looks again, now he's barking it up to his teammates across the line on each side. Now he's back under center on third and two. Now Motion Murray comes back. Here's a handoff on her end around going left, Abdul Wahid. He's got the first down and more across the 35 to the 36-yard line. So they ran Murray in motion, started right, went back left, and then they handed it off on kind of an end around to the right wing back, which is Abdul Wahid, and he got enough for the first down at the 36-yard line. First down for the Cardinals. Right now, you got to think for Princeton, they're not stopping anybody at all. They're going to have to knock a ball loose here. Double wing back alignment. Nobody wide, tight end on each side of it. The tight end on the left side is Elijah Ford. The tight end on the right, Brian Beavers. Yeah, both play clocks on each end are out, so we just have to do it on the field. Here's a fake and a keeper by Johnson. Gets it up to the 39 or so yard line. Short gain of three, so a little bit of a win there on first down. You just got to try to get this offense behind the chains a little bit. Yeah, the play clocks, which are pretty pretty pronounced here. Um, I don't even see. Yeah, they're, they're both out. So you're just going to have to keep that on the field. We played a little less than two minutes. Not sure why the clock has stopped at the moment. Why has the clock stopped right this second? Now it started to roll again. Don't know why it stopped at all. It's a little silly. It's just a running play for three yards in the field of play. Now they got one wide out to the right. That's Pace who's in the game as a wide receiver, a wing back each way. So Pace was the comes in to replace one of the tight ends. Johnson under center, sends Murray in motion going right. He's going to run an option that way. Hands it off to the fullback and not much as Juan Jarrett tackled Flowers, Flowers did drag him across the 40. He hit him right at the line of scrimmage. Pretty nice job by Flowers to get something out of it. Makes it third and manageable, third and four. Now they'll take Pace back out and bring the extra tight end. No, they're gonna bring Myers, the wide receiver who caught the touchdown in. He's split out to the right, but not split very far. Wing back each side. Now Murray in motion right, stops. He's gonna walk back to his wing back position on the left-hand side. Abdul Wahid, the wing back on the right. They're looking at a five-man front, two linebackers not too far behind it. They're going to walk another couple of defenders down into the box. Here we go, third down and three. Here's a handoff to the fullback, Flowers. He's struggling. He's not going to make it. John Harris has him wrapped up, as does Todd Harding. And it's going to be a yard shy of the first down at the 43. And Corey looks like he wants to punt it away, so... Little life here for Princeton if it can get something going on offense now. Again, Sandusky threw that touchdown pass and it looked like he was gonna fake a punt towards the end of the first half and ended up punting it away instead. Leroy Bowers drops deep to receive it. He's at the 30, now they're gonna back him up a few more yards. 
Fourth and about a yard and a half from the 43. It's a low snap, fielded though by Sandusky, who punts it away very high with some reverse spin on it. It's gonna bounce, it's gonna take a Colerain bounce inside the 20, inside the 15, and roll dead at the 12 yard line. What a great bounce. Sandusky's punt was straight end over end. The ball is down at the 12 yard line. The Vikings will take over first down. Well, first and 10, Princeton at the 12. Let's see who comes out to quarterback. MJ Horton struggled to throw the football again. But of course, he's dynamic with what he can do with his legs, and he's going to stay in there and play the quarterback spot. Princeton needs a big play. They got one in the first half for a touchdown. They could use one right now because driving 88 yards against this offense is very difficult to do. You're going to have to hit a home run. It's Horton in the shotgun by himself. He's got Boyd lined up on a wing to the right. Nobody with him. Maybe an adjustment to get Boyd up there as a blocker more than as a runner. Horton takes the snap, he's going to throw a quick out, does so to Burke. Coulter makes the catch at the 17 and tackled immediately. So he tried to turn up field, nice open field stop made by Sean Williamson. But it's a nice gain of five yards, a little quick pitch and catch on the out route to Burke Halter. Good gainer on first down. Burke Halter comes out left again, the short side of the field. Three receivers go right. And Boyd, the big running back, 230 pounders on a wing right. Riley is an extra blocker right now. Horton in the shotgun, claps his hands twice, now looks over to the sideline. He's going to take the snap again, does so. He's going to throw it, pump fake. He wants to throw a double move, throwing it deep for Burkhalter, well covered, and he almost made a great catch along the sideline. Williamson had terrific coverage. He really pinned into that sideline. Now Burkhalter went tumbling out of bounds. Needs to get, help, get some help back up. Tried to run a double move. Horton went with a pump fake on an out and up, and Williamson didn't bite. Stayed right at home and was in great, great coverage. And it'll be third and five, Princeton, from the 17-yard line. Burkhalter just now getting back to the line of scrimmage. As Princeton was breaking the huddle, he doesn't know the play. Trip set right, one receiver left, Boyd on a wing right, Horton in the shotgun by himself, takes the snap, drops the throw, sets his feet, now he's gonna throw a pass. It's gonna be caught for a first down up and around the 23 yard line. That's a really good throw and catch, and Rodney Harris with his third catch of the night, just across the sticks at the 23, and that's a Princeton first down. Good throw by Horton that time, on time, on the money, and Harris held on to it despite getting hit as soon as he caught the ball. Well, Princeton on its first drive of the second half picks up a key third down and gets the first down. So by the time they snap this football again, it will be under seven minutes to go here in the third. Colerain with a 20-6 lead. Off the hash mark to the right, Harris the lone wide receiver that way. Three receivers come left and Boyd is on a wing to the left. So they just flip the side of the field with everybody. And Hort's just going to run it straight ahead. And he's not going to run it very far up across the 25. Might have got the 26. Dante Corleone, who recovered a fumble in the first half, made the stop along with Xander Kendall. They mark him right at the 25, so just a short gain of two yards. Princeton offensive line has just not been a great run blocking group so far this year. Something that you thought was going to be a team strength. Now Boyd's going to line up in the backfield with Horton. He's to the left of him. They've got double wings each way and double wide wideouts each way. Here's a handoff to Boyd. He runs straight ahead, and he plows his way up to the 29 or so yard line. And he gets about four, got his helmet knocked yeah, off as well. Seven, Michael Best made the stop. So another third down. They converted third and five on the last third down. This will be third and four from the 29. As we are officially midway through the third quarter, six minutes, clock rolling. Same formation, one wide out each way, one wing back each way, and the running back Price now in there to the right of Horton in the shotgun. Looks at a five-man front, 
Okay, he almost got Coleraine to jump, but they didn't quite do it. Couple got jittery, but nobody came across. Third and four, Horton from the gun, takes the snap, hands it to Price, running straight ahead, lowers his shoulder, and he's gonna be stopped just short of the first down. Looked like he was gonna get it, but then able to push him back right at the marker, just short of it was Elijah Ford. He may go, I don't, he may go for this. It's fourth down in about a half a yard. They've gotta to get to the 33, I mean literally right on the 33, and the ball just across the 32, so about two feet short of the first down. And Price comes out of the game hobbling. As Darian Henry gonna check in as an extra blocker here. I think somebody else is supposed to come in here. There's a lot of confusion. Now it's gonna be Todd Harding gonna to check in too, and they're gonna put Boyd behind those guys. So they come with their beefy package. Play clock's working again down to 10. Mike Dean is may need a timeout here. Fourth and less than a yard. Everybody tied, and now we got a whistle and a flag. I think Princeton might have too many players. Yeah, Princeton's got one too many guys. That's incredible to me. Henry went in the game and he was signaling for Harding to come with him, but Harding became the extra guy. Boy, that just can't happen. Now they're gonna have to punt it away, you would assume. D'Angelo Foster, I think, was supposed to come out. If you can see the frustration, Thomas Boyd just rips his helmet off as he comes to the sideline. And Prince is gonna have to punt the football here. So they came, the personnel grouping was messed up. That just seems to be a microcosm of some things that have happened in this early portion of this season. Self-inflicted mistakes. Didn't cost them in the first two games because they were simply better than Milford and Withrow, but it cost them against Sycamore, and it's cost them here tonight. Matthews in punt formation. Pace stands at his own 45 to await the punt. No win to speak of. The flag, American flag's still at the moment. Snap is back. Matthews punt away. is a good one. Nice high spiral. Pace signals for a fair catch and takes it at his own 43-yard line. So a fourth and inches, Princeton was gonna go for it. Messed up the personnel grouping. There is a flag on the play here late. So hold the phone here. They actually mark it at the 44. The flag's sitting at the 43 on the other side of the, actually in Princeton territory. Assume this is a block in the back. Let's see. No signal yet. This looks like a hold against Coleraine. So 4.29 to go in the third. Still the same score we had at halftime. Coleraine 20, Princeton 6. But this Princeton offense is a mess right now. Defense is going to have to come up with some kind of big play. You're going to have to knock something loose, get a scoop and score something to get a spark. So Coleraine will have Myers in there as a wide receiver out wide left. So they're only going to go with one tight end at the moment, it looks like. Double wing backs. And then the running back flowers behind Johnson, the quarterback. So the penalty marks him back to the 34. And that's where Coleraine will start this drive. Not sure what we got going now. Now we got some more conversation. Maybe you have a clock issue, perhaps? The, both play clocks are back working again. The game clock is 429. That seems right. But maybe a second or so ran off that should have. I don't know. Officials, they're looking at the play clock, and I think now they're going to the one in the the one in the end zone that Princeton was going towards is not working. The one that Coleraine is going towards looks like it is working. So maybe that's what the issue was. 
So here we go. First and 10, Coleraine from his 34. Wing back each way. The wide receiver, Myers, way out to the left. He's, all, he's out by the numbers, and that's the open side of the field to begin with. Johnson under center. Now sends in motion, Murray going left. They're going to run option that way. Pitches it back to Murray, the trail back, trying to get to the corner. Does so 35-40. Gets to the sideline, 45, and run out of bounds there. And should have enough for the first down as they sent Murray, the right wing back in motion, going left. He became the trail back. And off the option, one of the first times they've really run the true option tonight. He pitched it back to him and picks up enough for a first down and up to the 45. Now off the hash mark to the left, Myers is gonna go out that way. Nobody out wide to the open side of the field, same formation. Myers to the left, Murray on a wing left, Abdul Wahid on a wing right. Flowers the running back, looks at a five man front is Johnson, but they got nine in the box. Turn, run the option again going left, and in some trouble Johnson, and he's gonna get tackled for a loss. So they got good penetration. Jaheim Thomas, I believe, is the one who finished it off. But good penetration that time, he wasn't even able to pitch it. He did have a trail back, but opted to try to cut it up. He'll lose, I think, a yard. They haven't marked it yet. Yep, they got him right back at the line of scrimmage. I thought he got tackled for a loss, but nonetheless, no game. Make it second and 10. Now Myers comes out to the right, but he's very tight to the line of scrimmage. And they're on the hash mark to the left, so he could have an open side of the field, but he's very tight to the line. They've got now on a wing left is Jalen Thomas. On a wing right, Abdul Wahid. Now Thomas comes in motion, gets the hand, sweeping right. He's got some blockers in front. Can he get to the corner? He breaks through one tackle, breaks through another. Still on his feet, and then bangs people out of bounds. I'll tell you what, that was a heck of a run. He's nodding his head like, yep, I took you all on. He must have got hit by four or five guys, and then... He was the one still standing when he went out of bounds. And that's all the way to the Princeton 42-yard line. John Harris knocked him out, but not before he got a big first down on just a old-fashioned Packer sweep that time coming right. Thomas going to stay in the game on a wing left. Myers out wide left. Johnson was under center barking signals. Now gets back out, looks at the sideline. This is a normal routine. Coleraine up by two scores and marching for... Another, here's a handoff to the fullback, Flowers. He's dragging tacklers with him inside the 40 to the 36-yard line. Henry and Harding, and Harding's gassed, made the stop. Yeah, Harding's going to come out of the game. He is exhausted. Todd Harding, 6'2", 300 pounds, and right now he is out of gas. As they check Quincy Hughes, who starts at guard on offense, in to play his tackle spot. Harding just needs to catch his breath. Second and four from the Princeton 36 inside. Three minutes to go in the third. Same formation. Wing back each way. One wide out to the left. Now in motion going left is Abdul Wahid. They fake it to him. Drop it to throw. Johnson has a man wide open on a wheel route. And it's caught by Thomas at the 25 to the 20 and down to the 17-yard line. Not a great throw from Freddie Johnson, but Jalen Thomas was so wide open that he just had to make sure he got up and caught it. Takes it down to the Princeton 16-yard line for another Cole Rain first down. Okay, the Princeton defense has been pretty valiant tonight for the most part, but they are out of gas at the moment, it looks like. And they come with that big, heavy formation. On balance to the left, just two players to the right of the center. Six to the left, and they're just going to run Johnson on a sweep that way, and he ducks his way inside the 15 and lowered his shoulder. He got to maybe the 12. He should have been stopped at about the 15-yard line. He's not a big guy. 
Freddie Johnson goes just 5'11", 170, but he was able to get down underneath some people and actually took it down to the 12-yard line for a pickup of four on first down. Again, they went with the unbalanced line to the left. Four linemen that way, and then they line up what's really two linebackers, and that's what they are on defense. Bess is one of them. They line them up right behind that offensive line. It's kind of a double wingback set. This time they're going to unbalance the line to the right. Three linemen, a tight end, and then Pace and Bess behind them on a wing right. Flowers the lone running back. He gets the hand running left the opposite way, and he's going to be tackled right at the line of scrimmage and maybe for a loss. Great job by Iren Love and also by Elijah Eberhardt. So they ran away from the unbalanced look. And Princeton just had him outnumbered out that side of the field. And they'll lose back to the 12. No, back to the line of scrimmage. They'll mark him at the 12 for no gain. It'll be third and six from the 12. By the time Coleraine snaps this again, we'll be under a minute to go here in the third. So they take out the heavy group, and they'll put Myers back in there going wide right. Abdul-Wahid on a wing right, Murray on a wing left. Lowers the lone running back. Now they look over to the sideline. Under a minute to go here in the third. Now Johnson getting back under center. Third and six, big third down play. Here's a handoff to Murray, running right, trying to get to the corner. Tries to cut it at the 10, and he's going to get only to the nine-yard line, and that's all. As Juan Jarrett lost his helmet as he made the tackle, Leroy Bowers helped him out, and they're going to get another field goal try for Ott, who missed a short one earlier in the game. So another bend but don't break moment for the Princeton defense. It'll be Cameron Ott to put the tee down on the 16-yard line on the right hash mark. So he missed one from the left hash mark, a short one of about 22 yards. This one's going to be 26 yards off the right hash mark. Lines are set. Snap is back is a good one. The hold's a good one. The field goal on the way. That looks like it's pretty good, and it is. So Colerain tacks on three more points with six seconds to go here in the third quarter. It's now Colerain 23, Princeton 6. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Looking for future leaders we can believe in? Look no further than the high school student-athletes right here in Ohio. High school sports teach young people how to be effective leaders. It includes learning to listen, accepting responsibility, being a good role model, and it's about respect. The result, it transcends sports. It gives us hope for the future. This message presented by the Ohio High School Athletic Association and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Back here at Pat Mancuso Field, a newly named Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium. Richard Skinner, producer engineer Zach Waddell. A night that saw things get off to an exciting start for Princeton with a touchdown inside the first minute of the game to take a 6-0 lead. It's been all cold rain since. As Princeton has had self-inflicted issues with turnovers, with penalties, and they've just been simply dominated at times on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And Colerain looking to make it 77 straight Greater Miami Conference victories. Well on the way here with six seconds to go in the third, up 23 to six, and Cameron not set to kick it off again tonight. Moves on the football and pops it up short. This was fumbled earlier in the game, and this one is going to go out of bounds. So second time he's done that. They're trying to hit it in between the backs that are about the 20 and the deep guys, and I'm just trying to pop it down in there, and the time he popped it out of bounds again. So Corey, or rather Princeton will have pretty good field position. 
at its own 35, but that really doesn't matter. They have not generated anything offensively. Other than the long touchdown pass by Rod, pass catch by Rodney Harris, in which he made a singular great play. MJ Horton stays at quarterback. See who the running back is. Price went off hurt before. I think he's back in the game, though, so that's a good sign. And he's to the right of Horton in the gun. Three receivers go right. One comes left. Horton going to wait for the shotgun snap on what should be the last play of the third quarter. He fakes the handoff, runs it straight ahead, and runs into a brick wall right at the line of scrimmage for no game. Michael Best was right there in the hole. Corleone was too, and Corleone a little bit shaken up, getting up slowly. And as it is, that's going to be the last play of the third quarter. That was kind of apropos because Princeton got stoned. Two, three quarters of play here. It's Colerain 23 and Princeton 6. We'll be back with the fourth quarter after this timeout. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies ask, what's your salary? At Northwestern Mutual Cincinnati, we ask, what's your story? We know building the right financial plan means looking at more than money. That's why we start by asking the right question, listening to what matters most to you, then guiding you every step of the way to help you live the life you want, now and years from now. Plan your financial story with Northwestern Mutual. Contact us today at 513-366-3600 or visit us on the web at cincinnati.nm.com. We get set to start the fourth quarter of play here at Batman Cuso Field. There's another player who was shaken up, and they're still tending to him for Colerain, and that is Donovan Owens. He's still on the turf. Corleone got up and went off under his own power, but Owens still being worked on and tended to. They've already lost a starting offensive lineman for the night, and who knows if not longer in Dalen Pert who has not returned since he hurt his leg back in the first half. Last two quarters combined, Princeton has one, that singular, one first down. Now good news for Colerain and for the young man who was hurt, Donovan Owens. They've gotten up and he's walked off under his own power. One first down for Princeton in the last two quarters combined, and in those last two quarters as well, Princeton has all of 17 yards total offense in 13 snaps. That's a little rough. It'll be second and 10, Princeton, as we start the fourth quarter. Vikings going left to right as you look at your listening device. Still waiting for the officials. what the holdup is. The player's off the field. The play clock out again. I mean, you can keep it on the field. I don't know if we need to have a holdup for that. Apparently do. I don't see the I don't see the marker across the way either. Maybe that's out too. I, do you see the down marker, Zach? I do not either. So maybe that's inoperable too. Okay. Horton dropping to throw. 
on second down, fires over the middle. It's caught up near the 50-yard line. Good coverage, but a nice catch by Sterling Burkhalter. That should be enough for a first down. And a couple good throws here in the second half for MJ Horton. That was a good one on a deep in route. Now the market at the 48 thought he got a bad spot because he caught that at the 50. So first down, Princeton at its own 48. They got to pick up the tempo a little bit. Two receivers each way. Horton with Price to his right in the gun. Takes the drop to throw. Looking right. Fires right. And it's going to be incomplete. As that ball was a long throw and it kind of hung. They tried to hit D'Angelo Foster. Good coverage by Devontae Kiner. So second and ten. Clock going to be the enemy of Princeton getting three scores down. Feels like I'm not sure they can get three first downs. They just got one a moment ago. They need to start striking in a hurry. Horton in the gun has two receivers to the right, two to the left. Takes the shotgun snap, fades the throw. Now he's in some pressure, and now he's going to go down and get sacked back at the 43-yard line. Corleone was the one who sacked him. Looked like one of the linebackers came flying through there, Elijah Ford. I think it was him that forced him to step away from Ford, but he stepped right into Corleone, who made the sack. Loss of five. And so now third and 15. Feels like third and 63 against this defense. This is the year that people thought Corey might be a little vulnerable in the league. Maybe they still are when it comes to Fairfield and maybe even Sycamore, but they have answered Princeton's challenge tonight for sure. Horton drops the throw, fires over the middle. Has a wide open receiver caught at the 45, at the 40, and down to the 39-yard line is Jamar Matthews. Or no, Megan Foster. He got right in the hole in the middle of the field. He was finally brought down by the safety man, Brandon Sinclair, but a big pickup down to the 39-yard line and a first down. And a, that's another good throw by Horton. Starting to get a little rhythm going, maybe. Two receivers each way. Horton has Price to his right in the shotgun. Here comes the blitz. They rush five, pick it up. Horton has time. Now he's going to run out of there with it. Trying to get to the corner. Does so at the 40. On his feet, 35. Side sets a man, 30, and down to the 26-yard line. Pickup of 13 yards and another first down. Deshaun Pace made the tackle. But MJ Horton scrambling with his legs gets a first down. They mark it at the 27, but it's still more than enough. And it's first and 10 Princeton there with 10.36 to go in the game. Princeton down 23-6. And two wideouts each way, dropping the throw, throwing the quick out, and just a little too wide of the target. It was intended for Harris. He was wide open. Either he didn't break his route to the right spot or Horton was off again. Second and 10, Princeton at the 27-yard line. Double slots each way. It's been the preferred formation in this drive. Price to the right of Horton in the gun. The blitz was coming, and the blitz came too early because two different players jumped off sides. Probably the most egregious of them was LT Johnson. So a free five yards for Cole Ray makes it second and five down at the 22. As they keep inching towards that Cole Rain goal line. Cole Rain has given up double figures in every game so far this year. Gave up 19 to Wayne in a 28-19 win. Gave up 21 to X in a 21-14 loss. Last week, Beto kills 45-14. Here's the snap. It's just a straight run to the left for Horton. Has some running room inside the 20. Leaps forward and takes it down to the 16-yard line. He leaped high into the air. Best made the tackle, but that's enough for a first down and a nice effort by MJ Horton. The clock will stop momentarily to move the chains with 10-14 to go. 
Now the change in the formation up. Three receivers go to the right, only one to the left. The right is the open side of the field. Horton on the shotgun snap, gonna roll right to throw. On the move, throws a pass into some traffic. It's tipped, and then almost a diving catch. As it was intended for Harris, it went off him and a defender. And D'Angelo Foster almost made a diving catch on the ricochet in the end zone. Dangerous throw to make, because there was a lot of traffic there. Second and 10 from the 16. Go with the double slots again. Two receivers each way. Off the hash mark to the left. Cole Range is showing a three-man front at the moment, but they will send blitzers. Horton takes the snap and drops the throw. Now he's flushed, wants to run, and he breaks one tackle. Still on his feet, and he got some positive yardage down to the 13-yard line when it looked like for all the world that he was going to get sacked back at about the 20-yard line. And the man who hobbled off a moment ago in on the tackle there. Donovan Owens hobbles back off again. So third down, this is obvious four down territory you would think, although they could get the field goal back if worse comes to worse. And now a whistle and a timeout who? Timeout well, Colerain's gonna take the timeout. We'll take a timeout with them. 9.29 to go in the football game. It's Colerain 23, Princeton 6. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. London Computer Systems is a seven-time top workplace thanks to their top Cincinnati workforce. For three decades, LCS has been a leading provider of critical business technologies, including their signature property management software, Rent Manager. Take the next step in your career and join this award-winning workforce. Visit www.lcs.com careers today. Nine twenty-nine to go in the football game. Back here at Pat Mancuso Field, Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium. Just named tonight. Princeton's got to get some points out of this drive. They have any hope of coming back in this one. They're down twenty-three to six, facing a third and seven from the thirteen-yard line. It could be four-down territory, but again, you're down because of that last field goal by Ott. Maybe you get the field goal back here. But first comes the first. See if they can get the first down. Two receivers to the right, Price on a wing right. Actually, three receivers that way, and Johnson's going to roll that way to throw. Horton going to roll that way to throw. Fires it out the flat. It's caught at the 10 to the 5 and down to the 4-yard line. Goes Jamar Matthews, and that's a first down. First and goal, Princeton at the Coleraine 4 as Thomas Boyd checks in to play running back, and James Price going to trot off. First and goal, Princeton. Clock running again after they set the chains with 9.15 to go in the game. Princeton can make a game of this. Get a touchdown right here. There's a handoff to Boyd running straight ahead, rumbling straight ahead and into the end zone. Thomas Boyd from four yards out gets the Princeton touchdown. Princeton going to go for two here. Not sure why. That was a bully run by Thomas Boyd. They are going for two, so 9.05 to go. Princeton inches closer. 23-12 at the moment with a two-point conversion pending. Price comes back in to play the running back spot. They're gonna go with double slots each way. Two receivers right, two receivers left. Foster and Harris right, Burkhalter, Matthews left. 
Horton takes the snap, looks to throw, in some trouble, fires in the end zone, wide open, and it's caught for the two-point conversion by Rodney Harris. So Princeton goes for two, they get the two. And with 9.05 to go in the football game, hey, Princeton's a turnover away from getting right back in this. It's Coleraine 23, Princeton 14. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Filling an opening at your company means more than just finding an employee. You're looking for a fit, a match. Robert Half understands that. We know you need someone who can do the work, someone who complements your culture. And of course, you need that someone fast. When it all comes together, it makes for a perfect fit. Satisfaction guaranteed. Robert Half, the matching experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Visit roberthalf.com radio for more information. All right, 9.05 to go. Back here at Pat Mancuso Field, Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium. Princeton trailing now 23 to 14 after the touchdown and two-point conversion, so they're still two scores down at the moment. Let's see if they can't maybe knock one loose or get a three and out. They got a couple of them in the first half. They could sure use one here as it'll be set to kick off is Hayden Cobbs. He's kicked a couple out of bounds tonight. Don't need that here. Need to try to pin him back. Cobbs moves on the football. Drives a high kick that's going to take Williamson back to the 11 to field it. Comes straight ahead across the 20, 25, 30, 35 into the open to the 40. He's got some worse room to run, 45, 50. Cuts back at the 45 and takes it all the way to the 40-yard line in Princeton territory. So Princeton needed a big special teams play. Instead, it's Colerain that answers with a big special teams play. Jaden Scarborough finally brought him down. They'll mark it actually at the 38-yard line in Princeton territory. Ladies and gentlemen on both sides, please find trash cans and please throw all trash away. So a big answer on the kickoff return by Sean Williamson. Now Princeton's defense pinned again, although they've done a good job since those two second quarter drives have been in a bunch since, but only breaking for three points. And now backs against the wall here. As they come out in one wide receiver, Myers to the right, a wing back each way. Thomas, the wing back to the left. Flowers, the lone running back. As under center went Johnson, got out from under center, looks to the sideline. He's done that almost every offensive play tonight. Back under again. Princeton trying to cheat an extra in the box. Thomas goes in motion right, they hand it to Flowers, the fullback, and he powers his way to the 30 five or so yard line, big scrum of players that you gotta unpile. Both teams have about four or five guys on the turf, Jaheim Thomas, and also Joshua Younger at the bottom of that. Give him three to the 35. Goring can bleed some clock here if it wants to, which I'm assuming it will try to do. Myers comes wide left, Thomas the wing back left, Abdul Wahid the wing back right, and Flowers the lone running back. Everybody at the moment, those skill position guys I'm talking about, looking at the side. All the linemen stay in their stance, which is incredible to me. There's Johnson. Now Abdul Wahid goes in motion, going left. He gets a handoff on a sweep, coming left. Has running room inside the 30, then inside the 25, and tackled down to the 23-yard line. That'll be a first down as Abdul Wahid came just on a sweep going left. He gets enough yardage to take it down to the 23-yard line. That's another Colerain first down. First down for the Cardinals after that run. 
At least they can't give up a touchdown here. You could give up a field goal, wouldn't hurt you a whole lot. But can't have a touchdown. Myers goes wide right. Then wing backs each way. Thomas, the wing back, staying in there, playing both ways at the moment. Abdul Wahid on the wing right. There's a lot of guys in the box, but Coleraine's been able to run against it. Here's a handoff to the fullback uh, Flowers, and he's wrapped up and going to get maybe a yard, and that's all. Harding wrapped him up, never did bring him to the ground, and just shoved him backwards. The whistle's blue. There's a flag on the far side. It's against, it's against Coleraine. They can call for an illegal shift. Not so sure I don't take this play. I mean, you stopped him for no gain. They're going to take the penalty, though. Back it up five yards to the 28. 7.31 to go in the game. Coleraine will have a first and 15 at the Princeton 28-yard line. 23-14, Coleraine leads it. Again, wing back each way. Myers, the wide receivers. They only have one tight end in at the moment. Boy, Princeton could use a turnover here. Clock restarted too, by the way, so it's approaching seven minutes to go in the game. That's becoming a quick enemy of Princeton as well. There's a handoff trying to come around on a reverse and stuffing it out and stopping Murray for a loss was Darian Henry and Leroy Bowers. Tried to just hand it off on an end around, if you will, from the wing back coming on an end around from behind. And they snuff it out and drop it for a loss of five back to the 33. We're to be second and 20. Second down for the Cardinals. This time they'll put two receivers to the right. Thomas, the slot man inside of Myers. Eye formation now with Murray, the eye back behind the fullback, Flowers. They're just bleeding clock inside six and a half to go. Johnson goes under center on second and 20. Takes the snap. Tries to pitch it back on an option play. And he's going to be dropped for a loss on that one. Elijah Eberhard, Jaheim Thomas came through. He tried to run a quick option to the left. And he got wrapped up before he could pitch the football, and he'll lose back to the 38-yard line. That'll be third and 25. Not so sure I don't get a quick timeout here from Mike Daniels. But they're going to let the clock keep running. By the time they snap this again, there'll probably be about five and a half minutes to go in the game. I'm guessing this will just be a conservative play here for Colerain and then try to punt it down in there. Colerain just breaks the huddle with 5.44 to go in the game. Third and 25. They got to get to the 13 for the first down. I formation, slot to the right. Johnson under center. The fullback goes in motion right. They run a toss sweep that way. Here comes Murray looking to make a move. And he's going to be stopped for a loss. Five, six red-shirted defenders there. And now there's a fight in the middle of the field between a Colerain player and a Princeton player. And now a flag comes in. And Leroy Bowers, who got into it with Ace Aaron Schwender, I'm not sure who's sure that one's going to be on, but if it's going to be on Bowers, that's another bad penalty to take. I mean, he shoved the player right out in front of everybody. That was stopped for a loss back to the 40-yard line. Would have been fourth down. And Colerain was going to punt it with 5.21 to go. But another careless penalty. Yep, mark it off 15 yards. And that's what they're doing right now. I mean, th this stuff has to stop. All the way down to the 25-yard line. After the 15-yard penalty, still going to be fourth down. But it's fourth and 12, and Coleraine looks like it's going to go for it. 
Clock runs again. They can take this inside of five minutes, clearly. You just got to stop, and, and you got to hold people accountable that are doing it. Right now, Princeton should have the ball back, trying to go back down the field, and now Colerain's going to take a timeout. We're going to take one with him. That, that last penalty it just can't happen. 4.54 to go in the football game. It's Colerain 23, Princeton 14. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Loveland Chiropractic Office has been treating patients in the Loveland area since 1921. We have generations of experience that continue to lead the field in chiropractic care. With our experience, we have high level of success with acute injuries as well as chronic conditions. You can find us online at lovelandchiro.com. That's lovelandchiro.com. And on Facebook. Four fifty-four to go in this football game. Coleraine just took a timeout. After Princeton should be getting the ball back. Thanks to a 15-yard penalty on Leroy Bowers for unnecessary roughness right in the middle of the field. I mean, pretty clear to see. It's going to be fourth and 12 from the 25-yard line for Coleraine. So still a chance for Princeton to get a stop and get it back and maybe with a quick score make this very, very interesting. They have a bunch set of receivers, three to the right, one to the left. Johnson's in the shotgun. Motion goes Thomas right to left. Tom Johnson takes the snap, drops the throw, swings it out to Williams. Williams is not going to get very far. He's going to be stopped well short of the first down. On a good open field tackle over there by Elijah Eberhardt. So Coleraine will get, or rather Princeton will get it back with 4.47 to go. Vikings have all three timeouts left. And they'll start at their own 25-yard line. MJ Horton, who struggled throwing the ball in the first half, threw it and a couple of nice throws on the scoring drive in this second half for Princeton. See if they can get something quick. It looks like the middle of the field is a place they can work. Maybe get a quick catch and run out of this. Not done yet. 4.47 to go. It's a nine-point Princeton deficit. 23-14, Colerain with the lead. Horton sends two receivers each way. Now has a man in motion going Left to right, and Horton drops the throw. They want to set up the middle screen. They do so, and tackled right away for a loss was Price. And Price gets up slowly, limping, and sniffing the screen. Now, they've been all over the screen game tonight. Donovan Owens made the tackle. Price limping off. He can't stay in. He's, he's been nicked up a bunch here in the second half as Thomas Boyd sprints onto the field to replace him. Trip set to the right, the open side of the field. Horton from the gun, going to roll right to throw it. Flips a quick pass. It's going to be caught at the 25 to the 30 and up to the 31-yard line goes Jamar Matthews. It's about five yards shy of the first down. Be third and five. Princeton right back to the line of scrimmage. Off the hash mark to the right. They send three receivers left. And one wide right. Snap back to Horton. Fires a quick out. Pattern tipped and almost intercepted. They tried to hit Harris on a quick out. And jumping up to knock it away was Sean or was Elijah Ford, the linebacker. So it'll be fourth down, and this is for all intents and purposes basically the ball game. Fourth and th fourth and four. Give it back to Colerain. They can get a first down and basically run out the time. But you get a first down, keep hope alive here. 
Coleraine fans come to their feet now as they're exhorted on by the players on the field trying to get their defense to stop. Fourth and four. Three receivers left, one to the right. Horton going to roll left to throw. Still on the move, still on the move. Now he's going to cut it up and run with it. In some trouble across the 30 to the 33-yard line. He's going to be about a yard short of the first down, I believe. He had to get at least to the 34, if not across it. And I think he came up about a yard short. They're arguing about the spot as we speak. And there's an injured player on the field for Colrain laying on his back. And they're attending to him quickly. They've not signaled if they turn it over on downs or not. Mike Daniels doing the classy thing, walking out towards the injured player to see if he's okay. There's a lot of folks around him. Now they're going to help him to his feet. I think it's Pace. It is, Deshaun Pace. And he does get up, and he is going to walk off under his own power, so that's good. I still have not seen a center. They got the ball spotted. It looks like well short of the first down, just across the 33. He had to get at least to the 34, if not across the 34. But they've not signaled who has the football yet. 345 is all the time that's left. And it does look like now they will signal that it will be Colerain's football, and they'll turn it over. Well, they're going to bring out the sticks to measure, but this, this is a good yard short at least. Stretch the change, yeah, that's not even close. That's a yard plus. Yeah, way, way short. I'm not sure why we thought it needed to be measured, but it was, and Colerain has forced Princeton to turn it over on downs. So the Vikings do have three timeouts left. Princeton will take over at the Colerain 33. So Princeton, if it can't pull out the miracle here, will fall to two and two. Very capable of winning it in the final six games, but you'd have to think they've got to win at least five of the final six to make the playoffs. And again, very capable of doing it, but they're going to stare at two and two and zero oh and two and backs against the wall very quickly in the Greater Miami Conference. Oh, for a turnover. Here you go. Corey going to come out with that unbalanced line look and all the beef to the left of the center. Three linemen. And a tight end that way. And they're just going to hand it off to Flowers angling that way. And he gets a, maybe a yard or two as Darian Henry was able to drag him down. And Mike Daniels takes a quick timeout with 3.39 to go. So pretty wise decision there. What you need to have happen here is you need somebody to be able to wrap a runner up and then others come in to try to strip the football away. So Princeton going to use its timeouts on defense, which is the right thing to do for sure. You can always stop the clock on offense. You can't stop it on defense without timeouts or getting somebody out of bounds. Well, Prince, don't forget last week, Sycamore scored 10 points in the final 149 to win that game in miracle fashion. Maybe some miracle is due Princeton here. That last game was for only a couple of yards. And one first down is going to do it basically, because Princeton will burn through its timeouts, and then Colerain can take 40 seconds each play to snap it, because it's now the 42nd clock that starts. As soon as the play is over, although play clocks are both dead in the end zones, but you only need to run a handful of snaps at that point. Got to get the stop first, or, as I mentioned, somehow get a turnover. So Colerain comes back out on the field. They go with the offset package, the unbalanced package to the left. One lineman and a tight end to the right of the center. Everybody else to the left. 
Johnson under center, takes it, hands it off to Flowers, running left, trying to get to the corner, and he's going to drag tacklers with him, and there's a penalty flag behind the play where you would think is holding. And it is going to be holding, so that'll be a nice gift. So wipeout, which was a pretty good run, might have even been close to a first down. And that penalty back about the 30-yard line, it looks like. So that would back him up to about the 40. Make it second and 17. Clock stop momentarily with 3.32 to go. Do we have another penalty somewhere else? We got a face mask at the end of the play? So here's the holding call against. He hasn't made it. He's grabbed his arm and he hasn't anything with it. All right, here we go. He's grabbed the wrist. That's holding against Cardinals and now another penalty. And this one's also going to be against them. Oh, they called the personal foul against Colerain. So they decline the holding penalty, take the personal foul. The personal foul backs him up to the 46. So a chance to get that stop still. Three thirty-two to go. That last play going out of bounds keeps the clock stopped. Unbalanced line to the right this time. Johnson sends now pace goes to the outside as a receiver. And Johnson going to roll right, just going to keep it on a quarterback run, running right, trying to get to the perimeter, does so inside the 45 to the 40, and he stays inbounds. They say, I thought that tackle was out of bounds. So they said it was inbounds. Another flag. Princeton players clap, and this might be on Colerain as well. And this come after the play, too. Send dead ball, personal foul against Colerain. Flag is against the Cardinals. Personal foul against the Cardinals. So back him up. This is going to back Colerain up into its own territory. Still second down. They've got to get all the way to the 23, and they're at their own 44. So my math tells me they've got 33 yards to go. And that was, that was after the play. So that's going to be a dead ball foul. And now it's third and that much. And the clock rolling again. They won't have to snap this till there's about three minutes to go just inside of it. Unbalanced line to the right. Not looking to do anything fancy. And it's just going to be a straight handoff to Flowers running right, and he goes nowhere, and he's tackled maybe for a gain of a yard and a timeout for Princeton. So Princeton might get some decent field position here, maybe get something big in the kicking game. So all is not lost yet. 2.56 to go in the ball game, and Princeton's taking a timeout. Corrine will have to punt it. Get a big play here in the kicking game of some kind, and this thing's not over yet. The punter is the young man who threw the touchdown pass on the halfback option back in the first quarter, Lawson Sandusky. He does the rugby-style punt. So those can be hard to block. There's not really a launch point, and he's pretty good at keeping space. One thing you can't do is let this thing bounce around inside the 20. You've got to come up and field this punt. See who goes back, if it's Foster or Bowers or maybe both. Bowers is the one who's going to go back. 
Just Princeton defense, it got pushed around a little bit in the second quarter, but played great in quarter one and played great here in this second half. Just not enough offense again, kind of like the Sycamore game. So Sandusky stands at his own 30 to await the snap. Bauer stands at his own 20 to await the punt. Set up to return or do you rush it? About to find out. Snaps a good one. Sandusky with that punt, and he shanked it off the side of his foot, and it's going to go out of bounds. Maybe around the 45 in Princeton territory, maybe the 40 at best. That went straight off the side of his foot. They mark it at the 47-yard line in Princeton territory. That's just as good as getting a turnover. So 2.50 to go in the game. Princeton down nine at 23-14. See if they can hit a big play. They hit a 53-yard touchdown pass in the first quarter. That's what it would be right now if they could hit one. They come with three receivers right, one to the left. They have too many players? No. Miscounted. There's a hole. There's a terrible throw down the middle. It's intercepted. Not even close to the intended receiver as running back the other way with it on an easy interception was the deep safety, Brandon Sinclair, and that's going to do it. Now there's another penalty flag on the Coleraine sideline. Sinclair was just playing a two-deep zone spot. And he just threw it right to him. So Horton made some good throws in the second half. That was not one of them. It'll be a legal shift against Princeton. That'll be declined. So Coleraine will get it to 41. And with Princeton only having one timeout, that'll do it. Try to hit a deep in, and it's been there in this second half, and Horton's put it on the money a few times, but that throw was way, way overhead of the intended receiver, and the safety man standing back there, again, Brandon Sinclair with an easy interception. That ball was thrown right to him. We'll see if Princeton still uses that last timeout, but I would rather doubt it now. Double wings each way. They're not going to go with that power package. They'll go with two tight ends on each side and a wing back on each side and Flowers the lone running back behind Johnson. From the, Cole, from the Princeton 41, the handoff to Flowers and he's gang tackled there and Henry hit him first. They're trying to strip at the football but can't get it out of there. And now Mike Daniels will use his last timeout. 2.32 to go in the game. We'll take a timeout with him. It's Coleraine 23, Princeton 14. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports. For over 55 years, Miller Valentine has worked in close collaboration with businesses when they are ready to build, renovate, or expand. Choosing Miller Valentine as your construction partner means aligning yourself with passionate experts who recognize the value of a team approach. Having grown from a small general contractor to a nationally recognized construction company, Miller Valentine listens closely to your needs to recommend the best combination of construction techniques to fit your project. For more information about Miller Valentine Group, please visit us at www.mvg.com. Back here at Pat Mancuso Field, formerly Viking Stadium, newly named tonight, Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium. I'm Richard Skinner with our producer engineer, Zach Waddell. 23-14, Coleraine leads it, looking to make it 77 straight Greater Miami Conference wins in a row. 
Coleraine, or Princeton out of timeouts. Coleraine second and seven on the Princeton 38 following the interception. Send a man in motion going right, turn, fake it. Johnson's going to keep it, and he will be stopped short down at about the 35. Joshua Younger and John Harris combined to make the stop. Princeton has no way of stopping the clock any longer on defense. It'll be third and about three and a half, just inside the 35. One first down, it'll be knee taking time. Let's see if they can get a stop here. Started to put a man in motion, now they'll reset him again. Taking a long time looking at that sideline, understandably so, down to a minute 45 to go, and now Colerain, for the love of Mary, takes a timeout. Timeout Cardinals. All right, we'll keep it here with a minute 43 to go in the game. Colerain needs just three yards to basically end it, but didn't like the look apparently they got. The Decided to take a timeout. One of the officials was bent over just a moment ago. I think the umpire taking a look at him. He signals up at the referee like, I'm okay, keep playing, but I think he's a little gassed. It's actually a very nice night. I, I don't feel a lot of humidity. Nice little breeze that kicks up every now and again. Colerain will go to three and one. Two and oh in the GMC. Cardinals next have Middletown next Friday night. And Princeton will play at Lakota East on Friday night. A game we'll have, of course, here on ESP Media. Third and three, and this is basically the ball game. Tight end each way, wing back each way. Now a motion comes up, dual with he. They're going to run the option coming left, stick it in the fullback's belly, and Flowers is going to grind it for a first down down to the 29, and that'll do it. It's knee taking time from here for Colerain. They've done that quite a lot in Greater Miami Conference games. 77 in a row, 138 out of the last 139 Greater Miami Conference games that Colerain has played. They will walk away the victor. The lone loss came back in. October 2008, 42-39 to Middletown. I believe Kyle Schwarber was on that team, I believe. Maybe not. No, Jalen Marshall was on that team. So they're in victory formation right now with Flowers, the running back, about 15 yards behind the rest of the offense. And Johnson's under center with exactly a minute to go, takes the knee, and he's going to have to do that one more time, and that will be the ball game. Well, Princeton's defense, other than a couple of drives where they just got manhandled in that second quarter, they gave up a gadget play for a touchdown. The defense continues to do a spectacular job. But the offense, they've got to find some sort of identity because they have not had one since game one. The offensive line has been a disappointment. The running game has been inconsistent. The passing game has been woefully inconsistent. And because of that, Princeton... He's going to go down to defeat again. Now we had a lineman move. Oh, my goodness. Why would you move? That was Colerain's tight end moving. Really doesn't make it. It's academic at this point. There's only 22 seconds to go. And again, they only got to snap it one more time. Although I don't even know if they got to snap it now. Still second down. Now he's going to take it. No, he hasn't yet. 
They're telling him to wind the clock. Now he takes the knee, and that'll do it. They don't have to run another snap. So Princeton, again, a valiant performance defensively. And if the Princeton Vikings are going to make the playoffs, they're going to have some work to do over the last six games of the regular season. You've got to think at least 5-1. and one. I don't think they'd have to go 6-0 and oh and win out. And I guess it's possible they could go 4-2 and two and still get in at 6-4. and four, But 7-3 and three would feel comfortable, I think, with some nice wins in front of them, potential wins. And it seemed like they had a good opportunity tonight. Took an early 6-0 lead and... Before you know it, you look up and Coleraine was up 20 to six and Coleraine goes on to win it by a final count of 23 to 14. It was a really good defensive performance in the second half by this Princeton defense. They had a couple of chances after they got it to 23-14 to get it a little bit closer, but the last one ended with MJ Horton overthrowing a receiver over the middle and getting it intercepted by Coleraine. And that marked the end of this football game tonight. A reminder will be on the air about uh, 15 or so minutes before our next broadcast, which comes up next Friday night. We come to you from Lakota East, where it will be Lakota East tonight. I'm thinking that they had a winnable game tonight. They did. They had Middletown at home tonight. They're up. 21-9 East won it, I'm told, by Zach Waddell. So East will be East is 2-0 in the league, 3-1 overall. And if you're looking for some of those Harbin games, Princeton's going to have to get for second level points moving forward, that would be it. And it would also keep this team from dropping 0-3 to start the Greater Miami Conference, a season that started with a lot of fanfare. And this is still a solid football team. It just needs to find whatever it wants to do offensively and, and have that identity because they've not had it to this point. They have really struggled badly. So Princeton falls tonight, 23-14, as Colerain does what it does in Greater Miami Conference games. And that simply wins 77 in a row. Colerain improves to 3-1. 2-0 in the league. Princeton drops to 2-2 and 0-2 in the GMC. For producer engineer Zach Waddell, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next Friday night. We'll bring it to you live from Lakota East in Princeton Vikings football. This has been Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, and it's powered by Sidearm Sports.